Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Yeah. Sorry. I should have this. Um, yeah, I know. I, I didn't mean to really get into the subject area of, of smart meters. It was just that we had no conversation. We have no conversation going anyway. And I just, when um, Cheyenne come on, I was kind of curious how things were going with her. And so that's why I just chose that subject to talk about, because there was no subject. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, yeah, I've been through all this. You know, we talked about this before. But um, with these smart meters, they even suggested to me, uh, the men that I was speaking with um, from the, the hydro or wherever they were, um, they said, "Well, if you want, you can you can paint the inside of your wall with lead paint." So they weren't it's denying. Not, we already <laughs> went over this. Like, yeah, we spoke over an hour about this, and we we offered all kinds of different ways to go about it, yeah. how to handle. Okay, I forgot you were on that tour. Yeah, like I said, I didn't pick this subject. It was just that uh, we didn't have anything else to talk about, and I just wondered how things went with Cheyenne. So we can change the subject any time. I'm curious to know how. How are you, Ron? You on the call? Pardon me. Ron. Ron yeah. Ports. Yeah, Ron's on. Hey, Ron, speak up. Hi, Ron. I guess. Uh, you left. Hello. I was muted. Oh. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How'd your allocution go? Was did it they even get that? Yeah, they didn't even get that far. Well, did they drop it? No, I had it all ready and prepared, and uh, we get in there, and the judge calls us up even before the lawyers and everything, and says that the prosecution hasn't responded yet, and they need more time, and so they, uh, the judge suggested postponing it to the next court date in a month. So they're going to be sending a notice uh, when the next scheduled date is. Um, but this thing already went to trial. Why are they postponing it? Because they haven't answered my uh, closing argument. You're closing? They have to answer that? Yep. I had, 30, I had 30 days to submit the closing argument. Uh, prosecution was supposed to have 10 days to respond. And then it was going to go to judgment. So I, I had prepared for, you know, being judged guilty and then do the allocation, allocution and before sentencing. But it didn't oh. have that far yet. Okay, so the trial's over. And so far, they have, uh, now it's just, it's your turn to defend yourself. And, and that's what they're, uh, that's what they're answering. Right. Correct. I think I posted that uh, the closing argument on on Skype. Yeah, so that means there is no judgment yet. You haven't been found guilty yet. 
No. And that okay. you know the demeanor of the judge was was notable because uh, <laughs> he was joking. He gave me the eyebrow. You know he uh, he says I'm halfway through your closing argument, and then he gave me like a long pause with a with a, a side glance for a traffic ticket. <laughs> right. Did you make sure you put in that thing that I gave you? On the allocution, yeah. Right. That That's also nice, too, to stick into the argument, because that's something that you can argue as well. I thought that it was at the allocution part, and you didn't have a chance to defend yourself. Like, you didn't have the opportunity to take the stand yet. Is that correct? No, we, I had the opportunity. I just dropped the ball, and... uh you know, I, I it just had I had it stuck in my head that Carl said, uh, you know, let them do whatever the hell they want. You know, don't object. Don't you know? They let them let them go. Well, that's uh, that's the whole point. When Carl deals with the traffic ticket, when he does that approach, he brings in the public law, and he states, look, you know, and he and he brings an appeal. That's what he does. He lets yeah. them trespass the shit all over him and then he appeals and he gets paid. That's one of Carl's approaches. Right. It's not every approach. It's just Carl has many ways to skin a cat and that's you know, people that don't listen to everything that Carl says, you know, you you gotta understand that he plays in every jurisdiction. He knows how to play in all of them. And that's just one way you know, he'll put his feet in there. Well, my wife my wife pled the fifth. She didn't uh, do testimony. She wasn't cross-examined. So I know, or I believe that she has the right to do an allocution. I was, um, I was prepared to, to submit notices in court. The judge didn't allow it because I hadn't submitted them prior to court or prior to trial, and the, and the prosecution didn't have a chance to review so I thought the only way that I could get any information in is if I testified. So I got up on the stand under oath or affirmation and went through my side of it. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to have the ability to... But the, then it's all hairy because I'm I'm throwing coverture in there too. I'm claiming responsibility and liability for my wife's actions or inactions and, uh, you know, claiming, uh, you know... Uh, I'm referencing the Bible and, you know, the, the wife is to follow the domicile of the husband and, you know, so I don't know what it's going to come down to, but they're still stuck on responding to my close, my closing argument. So. Okay. Well, good luck for that, Ron. Yeah. I hope things go well. I mean, the worst case scenario, it's like five days in jail for driving on a suspended license in, in New Jersey. So, I mean, you, it's not like them. You, you want to win. You don't want, yeah. you know, a loss. You know, whether you win by an inch or a mile, win is a win. So at this you, at this point, I want them to put the death penalty on it because I'm not backing down. I'm not plea bargaining. Nothing. I'm not. You know. That's it. So if you're not going to beg in their court, you might as well go for the win. Right. Right. So I just, I, ho- I hope you know what you're doing. I I know what I know, but I know there's a hell of a lot more I don't know. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I know. I was there. I had a trial in October. I, I was there. All we can do is our best. The good thing is that even though I messed the, this first trial up, I've got another one coming up on the uh, 28th or something. Same deal. Driving on suspended. I was going from church to go get something for breakfast and uh, got pulled over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're not taking you seriously. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's the it reason why I haven't got behind the wheel either. Is that uh, until I get until I get my win, you know, I'm not going to be dealing with getting pulled over every. Well, that's, that's every it. Only week. happens when I drive my wife's truck. My wife's truck has plates, registration, the whole nine yards. It's completely legal. Every time I get behind the wheel of that truck, I get pulled over because they do the license plate recognition and they, you know, see a man driving and they say, oh, that's the, that's the guy that doesn't have a, you know, suspended license. But when I drive my, my dump truck, I've got no plates, no inspection sticker, no, you know, nothing on the damn thing. And I, <laughs> nobody ever pulls me over. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and, I mean, it's it's got... You know, placards on the side, Ports family, all over it. You know, it's not like I'm incognito or anything. I'm out there. Yeah. Hard to understand the reasoning sometimes, isn't it, Ron? Yeah. Well, I I would assume or presume or assume that uh, the reason that they're stopping me in a registered vehicle is because they feel like that vehicle is registered to the state. They have power and authority to control and monitor. and You're you know. in their jurisdiction. It right. Has, it has registration and plates and insurance so that when there's a driver behind the wheel, it, he can do that. He can drive. That's that's the whole point right. of that. And, and you presume that. You don't assume. Right. I'm, I'm well... Because you're guessing at what they're thinking. You're you're not yeah. taking responsibility for their thoughts. Right, that, that would be presume. Yeah, presume. Right. Assume is to assume a debt. You're taking taking something over. You're uh, like the liability for my wife. I assume all liability for my wife, my family. Right. Gladly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's oh. good. It's good to hear. Uh, you know, more time is always good. Um, well, yeah, because they were, I was saying during trial that I wasn't prepared, I wasn't ready. Um, you know, uh, I said I required more time or leave of court. And, um, you know, they, they just steamrolled, they pushed it right through. They're like, no, this has been, you know, this has been going on for some time and we're going to get this over with. And, you know, and now it's, Oh, we need more time to respond, and okay, All right. So, and and you allowed more time. Correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I think I said, uh, you know, uh, take whatever time, do what you will, you know. 
Yeah, they did the same for me when I went for the trial for the first time there. They, uh, they, whoops, I forgot to put this one piece of paper in, you know, but we need it for trial. You know, how about we reschedule in five weeks? <laughs> That's what I got for the first trial date. And of course, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. It's, it still didn't, it didn't change anything. It didn't change any of my paperwork or anything on my argument's sake, you know. I was completely ready and good to go. But, uh, you know, they felt that was, you know, pivotal to their case, right? They had to prove that the license was suspended at that time. Well, whoop de do. Yeah, to change my argument. My, my my license was expired like two years ago, so you know you can suspend it, revoke it, you know, hang it on the frickin' refrigerator for all I care. It's not my document. I'm not part of the part of that uh, contract. Yeah, but you have to go and uh, you have to go and and physically tell them that you know I don't want it no more. Excuse me, gentlemen. Can I ask? Um, to, um, so, would you just uh, write to in Ontario? Uh, Ontario would be the um, the, car, the MTO, I think. Motor Transportation. I think it's the MTO. So Ministry of put, Transportation of Ontario. Thank you, Terry. So, would they be the ones that you, you would write if you wanted to to do that? Tell them that you weren't interested, uh, that you had no need for their services any longer. Well, that's. That's really easy to do. What you do is you go straight to Service Ontario, right? Oh, yeah. We're the same place you get the driver's license, and you say, I don't want it anymore. And I guess you sign some pieces of paper, and they they, they eliminate the, the license. I found it really strange that they had that option, right? Thinking that if something expired, you know, they can actually... Uh, that, that it wouldn't be in effect anymore, but for some reason, they like to keep those records. Yes. So, uh... Until you break the contract totally, sort of thing, somehow. Yeah, I don't know. They got they got their own freaking rules and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I just know that that's what you can do. Just a notice. I think it's just like a quick, a quick liability on your part to say I'm not going to be liable for this anymore, and you uh, effectively send it. Yeah. Then again, I'm not, I'm not pushing towards that in any means. You know, I believe, you know, you know, there is some benefit to having a piece of paper or that piece of plastic. Oh, definitely. definitely. So I'm not, I'm not going to encourage people to just get rid of their stuff. Just you know, know that it's something that you can use, mm-hmm. and you and if you're going to use it, you should use it responsibly, and mm-hmm. in, in accordance to its rules. And, and the whole and the whole point behind that too is you know it's like. It doesn't mean every time I get behind the wheel that I'm driving. I'm driving in person or I'm driving uh, or I'm moving goods. It's, you know, it doesn't mean anything. 
know, if you choose to drive, like if you wanted to, you know, um, um, be a cab driver or a school bus driver or a truck driver or working in commerce, then you can use that benefit. If I wish to work as a corporation, yeah, right. I wish to assume uh, 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 being a corporation um, that is regulated and subject to the province of Ontario. I am required to have that license to permit me to do so. Carl's really fancy on the whole, you know, I'm not a driver, you know, based on your rules, what a driver is, you know, it's, it's a commercial activity, you know, it says it right in the act, you know, what's the Highway Traffic Act? You're doing trafficking on the highway. Well, what's traffic? It's, it's commercial, you know. You're doing commerce. And that only applies to persons. So it's not really hard. It's not rocket science. No, not once you understand what all the words mean, eh? Well, that's the whole point, too, is you, you come in there and you state, like, uh, sure, you have a person, but not that kind of person. Right? What kind of person are you looking for? looking for a natural person or you look for a fictional person you look for a driver you looking for a man who you look for I could be anything you wish what do you wish good point yeah that's a good point I never thought of it that way Terry it's it's all an act it's it's a play. It's a show. You know, Carl, Carl goes on about that. You know, it's you're putting on a show. You got judges. You know, good show. Thumbs up. It's it's all, it's all an act. They want you to put on an act. They want you to to act in a certain way. To act, you know, as a defendant or act as as a man or however you wish to to, to act. They can't harm. The man through the person. That's just that's just wrong. They can't do that. You know, the government exists to secure and protect property, right, of man. So they can't go against that. There's no rules that allow them to do that. There's no laws that allow them to do that or interfere with the man going here, or there, in the in the public. Did you see that uh, San Diego incident? I'm not aware of San Diego incident. Could you, could you enlighten us? I I think I posted it in Skype. I can't remember which which room. I think it was traffic stops. Oh, I'm not I'm not part of any of those rooms. Oh. I, I'm I got my hands full with Colin Law, Word Nerds, and uh, and uh, a couple of Jules rooms, and, and that's oh, it. Jules, Jules had like almost 200 comments on it when I got home, but it was good stuff. You know, for Canada, for the structure of the. Did they go and listen to the Carl episode 63 that Gus has been talking about for the last two days? Yeah, I did. He actually sent me the compressed file. 
Yeah, see, I haven't I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm pretty sure exactly what I'm going to hear. But on on Skype in that traffic stop room, somebody at somebody posted a picture of their new license with an NA in front of their. Oh yes, uh, yes, I saw that. And I was laughing. I'm like, well, you still scribbled your mark on a document, you know, uh, obligating yourself to comply with all the rules that are associated with that, whether you put NA or, you know, what. I, in my opinion, you put your mark on a document, you you better follow the speed limits and everything else. Well, I think the NA um, finds its... Uh uh, finds its uses whenever you're forced to sign something. Right. If they say you have to sign the ticket or you have to do this, right? Or they're going to tase you or shoot you or haul you to jail. You know, okay, you know, I'll sign that it. Brings, that brings me to the San Diego incident. You know, in that in that Skype room I said, I would suggest you ride a horse, but that doesn't... That doesn't stop the uh, San Diego Police Department from from tasing you off your horse. And, and uh, there was like six, I posted the link to it, but there's like six to eight cops just kicking him, kneeing him in the face. And, I mean, just the guy dropped to the ground, put his arms behind his back. I mean, he was submissive, and and they, they continued on for minutes afterwards. Hey, have you ever heard of the Steve the DUI guy? Yeah. Heard of that guy? Curative or something? Pardon me? Steve Curative? I'm I'm not a... That's the only Steve right now. No, no, no. This is a guy on YouTube. Pulled over by no. the cops when he's riding his, his, his lawnmower down the road. Or a scissor lift or whatever. And he's always drunk or stoned or whatever. Okay. Uh, it, it, it's absolutely hilarious. I think it's all staged, but, you know, at the end of it, it's always like, I know my rights. I know my rights. I'm child God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there may be some meaning behind that, but, uh, you know, um, I remember hearing, you know, back in Freeman of the Land Talk, where the birth certificate was proof of child of the province. Right. Well, we're in God's image. We're not a child of the province. You know, there's some meaning behind that between uh, fiction and uh, and man. I haven't seen it used yet, so I'm just going to kind of stay away from that. Yeah, I, I figure that's a good hoot. People want to see something. You go see a cop tase a guy off of a, a, a lawnmower. <laughs> followed by a police chopper. But yeah, you know, the NA part, you know, obviously, you know, if you're going to volunteer yourself to some liability, you know, it's not... Uh, I don't think it would make any sense to court to to accept a benefit and, and then right when you accept the benefit to say I'm not going to be held liable. Absolutely. I think that's just absolutely ridiculous. 
I give you the benefit. It's like signing a contract, you know, that you're going to pay me next week for a sandwich, and then you put on a sumpset there. And then you take the sandwich, and then next week you don't pay me because you're like, I didn't sign liability. Well, that's just freaking ridiculous. I sent that link over to you in Skype. Okay. Okay, I see that. Yeah, I'll watch that uh, in a bit. I think, you know, the NA, I understand, kind of negates your liability or responsibility, but it, you know, everybody, nobody agrees with my standpoint. I don't want the contract at all. I don't believe I'm required. I'm not going to be regulated. Uh, you know, I'm not operating in a commercial capacity that needs to be regulated for the safety of the public. Um, I don't want the benefit at all to be confused with operating or not operating under the license at the time. I can see how some, you know, Carl can jump in and out and say, well, I've got it, but I'm not using it at this time. That's, that, I understand that, but I, I don't want there to be any uh, ambiguous, uh, you know, I don't have one at all, period. What, what, what was the charge in regard to the, uh, the license? Did it state something about not having one? Failure to show. Um, Driving while expired, driving while suspended, and then uh, there there were like eighteen of them. I can't. Remember. I mean, so which which oh. one was it? Expired or suspended? Oh, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, they gave me tickets for both. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's just it's a freaking it's a pile on right now. They're just piling as much shit as they possibly can, right? And ball hey, yeah. tires, yeah. Yeah, I, I see some freaking some cops do that yeah. in the states. Like one guy got pulled over. He got pulled over by the cops, and uh, he got practically beat to death. And then when he actually made it, but into court, there's 32 charges against him. Yeah. And even though he that's had a good lawyer, he couldn't he couldn't get rid of all of them. That's what pisses me off with this uh, San Bernardino County deputy thing. Is that the you know they're explaining why they had to subdue him in such a way, and it's like, well, two of the officers sustained it, uh, you know sustained injury due to the the uh, chase, and you know the injury was dehydration. Oh, yeah. Really? So <laughs> because they were dehydrated, they had to knee him in the genital area repeatedly. I can't believe they they let him slide with that. No, it's ongoing. This is current. You know, I think it just happened the other day. That's fucking ridiculous. They're doing an F, FBI investigation. You know, none of the investigations are going to say anything. Why do you think Carl's always like, you know, being really nice to these cops and like, you know what, can you please cuff me because if you're going to shoot me, you're going to shoot me while I'm cuffed. Yeah. Face down on the floor. It's because these guys have that ability to go and do this crap. Yep. So I tell uh, you, don't, don't provoke these people. They got guns. 
You know, just look at that one guy who got shot eight times in the back. Did you hear about that? Yeah, yeah, I heard about that too. Yeah. That was, was over uh, child support and a brake yeah, light. Yeah, support and a freaking brake light, so they're going to arrest him. And he, and he darted off and he got shot eight times in the back. The cop took his taser and threw it next to the guy and, said, and put filed a police report that he was going, that he took his taser and he was going to use it against him. Still doesn't explain eight bullet holes in the back. How's that facing you and tasing you? And then when they shot him, put freaking cuffs on him. The guy's freaking dead on the ground. Just, well, it's getting out, eh? The cop's got a dash cam. I'm sure as hell staying right in front of that cop car. <laughs> madhouse. Just madhouse. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely freaking ridiculous. You know, it's, it's getting so bad that, you know, there, there are some states that want cops to wear, uh, cameras on their uniform just to make sure the cops doing what you know because you know cameras are not always rolling on them and shit happens oops you know, I've seen footage of, of cameras that were mounted on street corners and you see this you know six six cops about to open the door of some some guy in a car and then you see the camera just kind of literally turn so it doesn't actually see it. And then when it turns back, right, the guy is freaking in, in, in the back of the cruiser. All beat the hell up. See, you, know, you could be careful with these people. Is insurance such a bad thing? No. You get a picky battles. I'd, I'd I'd rather have insurance than than a driver's license, but I know they won't give you insurance without a driver's license in Ontario. Hell, they wouldn't get insurance unless you're properly plated and stickered and everything. A little ridiculous. This thing's still on? Yeah, I'm trying to... Uh, i got to restart my Kindle. i got some virus on it or something. Yeah. I've been having problems with my audio uh, as well. I'm not sure if you guys can hear me all right. You sound good, Terry. Are you still yelling? No. No, not at all. It sound, no, it sounds perfect, Terry. Well, that's good. Very nice. Yeah. My X light kinda of quit on me so I, I installed another free version of it and set it up again. Because you know, the new version updated itself and then it wasn't freaking working. That sounds good. So has anybody got any questions about law or it's just us three on the call, I guess. 
Leo. Pac-Man. Their camera can be erased. They erased the other... Yeah, that's correct. They will do that. Because they can. Right? Lack of evidence is not... Uh, is not uh, corrupted evidence or changed evidence. It's just non-existent. So nothing's new with me. I'm just chilling. Mm -hmm. uh, thought I'd come in here and chit chat. Usually Mike joins me. <laughs> but uh, no new progress on the uh, claim you filed. No, that claim is on hold. I'm just I'm I'm trying to figure out um, how I can salvage it if I wish to salvage it. But uh, I have to deal with the traffic tickets. Once I deal with the traffic tickets, I can salvage the claim. Because it's a trespass against the uh, Crown Attorney who is making assumptions in letters. Or he was not saying anything at all. Depends on how I'm going to go about it. So, uh... Figure I'll deal with the traffic tickets for now, and then uh, then I'll deal with everyone else after. I got a I got my last letter from the police chief today. Kept asking for a complete copy of the case file, and he's like, "I just need a letter stating that you gave me everything you got." So that's what I got. So I have that now. So if I do file an appeal. If there's something in that case file that I don't have or that I'm not presenting, then uh, I can go after the police chief. Just a matter of getting him liable. So, get everyone's hands dirty. Make them want to uh, tread carefully. But I'm not going to go and start pointing fingers yet. I can do that after. I can do that later. If I choose to, I'd be perfectly content to just leave the hell alone. So uh, we'll see if we'll, when we get to that point. Other than that. Just uh, just do my study. Just do my learning. Anybody else got anything to share? Mind blowing or? <laughs> I have a couple of uh, observations, Terry. Sure. This is uh, Lenny from Chicago. How you doing, Lenny? All right. How you guys doing tonight? Good, thank you. We're doing good, thanks. I was in a, in a, a municipal administrative building today paying a, a fee 
And while standing in line, the lines are always long, long in these buildings. Every time I've been in one, no matter what time during the day. But anyways, while I was standing in line, there was a, a woman. She she engaged in a conversation with a man that looked like he worked there. And uh, the conversation took place in front of me, so I'm listening to what they're talking about. And she was asking him something about a case uh, that uh, he was aware of. And he indicated, he says, Lady, I don't even know you. Who are you? And she said, weren't you the administrative judge that heard my case a couple of days ago? And he's like, oh, well, okay, uh, I see where you're going with this now. He said, uh, well, let me tell you something, lady. He says, on average, I hear about 500 cases a week. And I'm thinking, wow, 500 cases a week. That's one man, one administrative hearing uh, officer or judge or whatever they define themselves as. And these are the only people that that want to contest any tickets or any issues that they have. So I'm kind of running the numbers in my head, and I'm thinking, well, geez, if it's on average $100 fine, and he's he's hearing 500 cases a week, that's one man. That's what what is that? Fifty thousand dollars a week? Sure. Yeah. Okay. And that's that's one week, one man in in this one particular building. I think there was at least three hearing rooms and I'm thinking just the incredible amount of money that they're taking in and uh, and these are only people that are contesting what percentage of people just go ahead and, and pay the fees and the fines and all that you know it, it, this this it makes you wonder this entire system it's just it, it's choking it's people out money maker. it's a money maker it is it's nothing but a just a massive game going on and, you know, you start to reflect upon it, and you're, you're thinking, well, that guy must be incredibly bored, too. So how about we go and have a man show up and spice things up a little bit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everybody has to learn this game, you know, and it's it, even knowing this information, it's complex just, just to take it and uh, uh, navigate through their system, you know? Right. But anyways, that's just an observation uh, that that I wanted to point out. And uh, one other thing, I was listening to uh, a guy on YouTube I wanted to share with everybody. Maybe, I don't know if anybody heard of him. Let me put my glasses on. Hold on. I got it written down. Anybody heard of a guy named uh, Spencer Barclay? Spencer Barclay. I can't say that I have. Yeah, I, I see him on uh, YouTube. Actually, I ran across him uh, last night, and he was kind of talking about uh, uh, trust and contract law and stuff, and he seemed like he was uh, pretty well-researched. Um, uh, it, it was about an hour segment that I listened to him, but he was kind of talking about the monetary system and everything. And I know, uh, uh, Terry, I know you and Mike are kind of like, well, well that you get into that, and it's kind of, uh, conspiratorial and stuff, and well, not only that, it it actually has absolutely nothing to do with you, right? And I understand that too, but uh, I, you who know, gives a shit how they go and and, and make <laughs> up their green pieces of paper. I, but, I don't. But anyways, I decided to look his name up on YouTube to see if there was anything else that uh, that that he was presenting, and um, he had he had a couple videos. Um, it was called, one was called, was 
Your YouTube is named Spencer Barclay forward slash due process forward slash notice forward slash law lesson. And uh, the things he was talking about is kind of a, a lot of the things that are talked about on these calls. And uh, uh, some like other a, things. Trial. Uh, yeah, due process. That means a, 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 an impartial judge, a common law court, a trial. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, he was talking about that. I, I really didn't uh, listen. Actually, he had uh, two segments, and I, I only caught part of the, uh, the first segment. Actually, before I come on the call here tonight to see what was going on with you guys, but um, he, he might be worth a, a look at. You know, just just he's he's well researched. He seems to be a younger guy, like in his thirties. What I would say, you know, that's younger than me. I'm in my late fifties, so. Uh, you know, it's it's nice to see, uh, you know, people are starting to uh, present that more and they're well-researched. And, and obviously this is the guy I haven't heard of and anybody else, you know. But, you uh, need to be very, very well-researched when you start playing in that, in that ballpark. You know, if you want to go and play into their rules and their games, you, you better know what the hell you're doing. Cause they know yeah, the ins of, of all their crap. That's why, Carl, everyone's... You know, trying to figure out what Carl's doing because you don't have to listen to that crap. You just don't. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I, it's kind of like a, uh, an interest of mine just to listen to all this stuff. That's all I do. I'm like a, a, a talk show junkie. You know, I I just fill my time with all this stuff. It's it interests me. He also yeah. mentioned something about. Uh, uh, what he seen on YouTube, it must have been a segment he was referring to, and it was called a game of questions. Did anybody ever looked at it? I um, that was off of a movie. Yeah, I, I think I saw that on someone else's uh, website as well, where they were doing some sort of jousting with words and with questions. Yeah, and he, he kind of correlated that to uh, the same thing that goes on in, uh, when you're before a judge, you know. He says it's, yeah, it's, it's, it literally is. But he mentioned something called, he said it's a game of questions, and he said there's there was something else called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Whatever those two, that and the game of questions correlated in the same segment, you know, that he was referring to. But I, anyway, I, I wanted to just put that out there if anybody was interested in looking at that information and listening to it. Right. Thanks very much, Len. Thanks for your input. Well, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, there's, there's there's lots of material out there. I find that it uh, can correlate a lot with the stuff, and sometimes it uh, uh, it can be confusing rather than helpful. But when you act, when you do figure out exactly who you are, you know, it's uh, uh, it's a lot easier to take in external sources or some other people um, once you figure out what the law is and what they're actually trying to say. Because then you could actually figure out what the corpus procedures are and all that other stuff. But the first thing is, you know, is to recognize the fact that, you know, it's a common law system, right? If you've done nothing wrong, you've done nothing wrong. If they're coming after you with a contract, well, where's the contract? You know, was I acting under the contract? You know, who's saying I'm acting under the contract? 
right? And if the state's coming after you, ooh, maybe. But what's really important is recognize is who's who's saying what, mm. right? A lot of times it's that damn cop. He's the one who's making he's making the assumption. You know, right? People people go on and on. There's no plaintiff. There's no plaintiff. Well. You know, it's true in a sense, but you still have an accuser. He's still saying you still you did something wrong. You know, and he's usually the one that trespasses on you. You know, but that's that that's a different story. You know, Gus touched a bit about that on that yesterday about how the the plaintiff must appear, and uh, that that's very solid. But that that only applies in a common law court of men. So if you haven't actually uh, established a common law court, you know, they're just going to ignore you. So, uh, yeah, I agree. You have to, you have to know how to, well, well you have to educate yourself and, and, and how to move, move your position, move your claim, make, make yeah. them prove their side. But it's just kind of frustrating that you're you're always it's like they they drop this these presentments on you and you you have to deal with them you know uh, I, I think a lot of us would just like to be told just leave me alone and get me out of your system and and you know what, whatever it takes to to put yourself in that position. I remember um, I was listening to a call and and I know it wasn't a talk show call like I said I listened to this information quite often, but there was a guy, um, he he had himself in a position where if he was ever pulled over, they can run his information and whatever it showed on their system, it just let this guy alone. He's not, he's not, he's not part of this, you know? And he said, I can, I can do anything. He said, whatever I wanted to do other than harm anybody, of course, you know, it's like Carl said, uh, when he was, uh, uh, back in his vehicle up in reverse and, you know, uh, speeding in reverse and going through stop signs. And, you know, if he wasn't harming anybody, and not that you need to be reckless, but, you know, hey, leave, leave me alone. You know, just uh, I'm not part of your system. But to achieve that position, uh, it, it, it takes a lot of education and, and um you have to know how to navigate it. Yeah. You know, you either uh, you know nothing at all or you know just enough to uh, get yourself in trouble. That's right. You, that's kind of where I'm at. I know enough to get myself in trouble, so. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm learning. So I've, uh, I've got my own shit to take care of and... Uh, to learn as much as I can while doing this crap. So, absolutely, it's constant learning. Yep. Yeah, it's experience, right? I figure, uh, you know, once I get to court enough times, then uh, I won't be, uh, won't be so intimidated, and I'll be able to, you know, keep my cool. Do you have any black law, black law books? Uh, Terry, or anything uh, that you go to reference other than uh, using the internet? Nope. I do not reference any Black's Law. 
I'm I'm not going to go there. I've got and, two if you want them. I don't want them anymore. <laughs> no, if I'm going to if I'm going to move a court, it's going to be in English. I'm not using their legal lingo. I recall mentioned a few times that he that he he was well read in in a lot of uh, legalese and uh, their their law aspects and um, come to the realization obviously that he doesn't need that but you know he's coming from a standpoint where he it's it's like he's well rounded in knowledge of 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 law in both statutory and common law and it's you know for somebody who who's trying to navigate their way through uh, the system like we are, and, and we don't know, uh, or I don't know any any uh, uh, aspect of what he knows. He put in a lot of time, obviously, but it would be nice just, just to know both sides of the coin, and that way uh, you would have more confidence anyways, I would believe. Yes, but don't let yourself get deceived. And you got to recognize the different jurisdictions. You have to. Uh, you have to. There's some fundamentals you have to figure out. You know, you you got to differentiate between persons and when they're, and, and when they're speaking to you, what they're actually saying. But first, you got to know who you are. Right. Then you can answer. It's uh, yeah. Like a lot of Carl stuff, like it's like it's bang on. Like I I check statutes and codes only to confirm everything that Carl says, and I hear it a second time and I see it in writing. It's like oh shit, I know I know exactly what he means by this. Not that I understand it completely, but I I, I know enough to to see what I'm looking at because I have a. Uh, I don't let myself get deceived or sidetracked like I used to. So, uh, there's, there's lots of study involved, you know. Yeah, to, right. If yeah. you're going to do this, it, it is it is a lifestyle, and you gotta you gotta live it. It's not for everyone. And I find my my education uh, thus far in 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 what's what we refer to as common law has, has strictly been like listening to all the calls, you know, all throughout the week. You know, I uh, I listen to every everyone I can throughout the week while uh, while I'm actually working, you know. So, um, um, is I I think I'm missing the other aspect of it, like uh, the hands-on uh, uh, part of uh, you know, like. You know, doing the paperwork and stuff like that. I know I'm lacking there, and that, that's that's a major portion of the education. And and um, I I'd like to know that. You know, it it would be refreshing to know, no matter what you're faced with, um, in in the statutory system when they when they uh, give you a presentment that you can you can handle it. You can handle anything. That they put you away, you know, paperwork wise, especially, you know, um, just speaking it and listening to it. That's one aspect of it, you know. And it's kind of like uh, knowing what you know before you. It never going into court. When when you get into court, you you, you kind of become befuddled, you know. It's just like 
it's easy to become intimidated and uh, and uh, forget a lot of points that uh, that are discussed on these calls. You know, just just because you know you're not used to being in front of the the judge or whatever the situation is. Can you understand what I'm saying uh, in in that regard? I think Terry just lost his phone. Oh. <laughs> he's been doing some updating and things like that, and he's just lost it. And I'm sorry, Lynn. I'm trying to. I've been kind of watching the chat board here too, and trying to listen. And I'm not doing very well. <laughs> trying to trying to do both, so I'm kind of half hearing and and half paying attention to the chat board. I'm not doing. Do, I can't do two things at once. Right. I'm right. not doing doing very well, but. That's all right, Sonia. You didn't miss anything. I wasn't saying anything significant, so don't. Well, it was yeah. You were talking about the easy. You were talking about being, you know, being the the man and distinguishing yourself, you know, uh, from the person and some very good imp- information, you know, and right, and right. Uh, be, you know, uh, learning how to to be a man or a woman, and uh, but um, I noticed. Um, not sure number seven here is is having an issue that i I thought it would be nice if if we could uh, work together and see if we can give any suggestions or ideas you know because that's that's what it's all about if someone's got an issue um you know on on the show that's you know what we uh, need to do is put our heads together and see if we can make up any you know get any suggestions or ideas here um do you have the chat board in front of you Lynn? No, actually, uh, I'm on my uh, cell phone. Oh, okay, that, that's yeah. all right. Maybe Terry will get back on because um, um, I appreciate his his opinions. But uh, this this um, I think I don't know if it's a man or a woman, but uh, has had uh, a situation with uh, the man acting as officials, which I presume uh, are peace officers or police, and apparently. In uh, his case, he's in a small village, so, you you know, it doesn't take much for, you know, these officials to know who you are, and once you're labeled, uh-oh, but in this case, this um, this man or woman, uh, apparently the, the videos have been erased, they've altered the case file, um, even took case files, I guess, off of um, online. I don't understand what CSO means. Um, he's hey, Sonia. Hi. Sorry to interrupt. This is uh, Not Sure 7. Oh, hi. Okay. <laughs> nice to you, you can call me Mark. Okay, Mark. <laughs> hi. Yeah, I'm how just you, trying to explain doing? your situation, you know, and it's so hard on chat because yes, you, it can't, is. you can't really get the sense of everything because you can't feel the emotion, so you yep. really don't know whether it's a high or low statement. It's, oh, that's great. I'm glad you dropped in. Or you could get on call. Maybe you could explain your situation a little more, and, and we can put our heads together here and just throw around ideas and see what we can do to help you. Okay. Um, my wife and I, um, um, we read, we were reading stuff, looking at um, Robert Menard and reading Mary Croft's book, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we uh, we lost the idea that there was anybody any other man that was above us. And so we started, uh, I actually started, um, I'm a, 
uh, I don't like to tell anybody anything that I haven't tried myself. So I figured I'd go out and test this stuff. So yeah. I went out and and uh, got stopped on purpose speeding. And um, I got off on four charges right on the side of the road. Oh. Um, by uh, just asking questions, asking questions. Um, and I videotaped the, the first time I got stopped. And um, and then I uh, I went to help a friend who got stopped in my hometown. And uh, they grabbed me again, so I acted the same way. And they held me overnight in jail, but they let me go without any charges again. And uh, so then um, I... Uh, well, I thought I was untouchable. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I so I was basically going around town in my small town, basically <laughs> thumbing my nose at the police. I mean, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't really putting it in their face. But, um, anyways, they, yeah, uh, they, them, yeah. yeah, they, they, I'm pretty sure they targeted me because I was, we're in a small town, and I was, they would go down and bother these people that would, um, go and and. A drink on private land down by the river. So I yeah. told them a few questions to ask, and I think the RCMP picked up pretty quick that it was Mark that had given them these questions. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so they started. They targeted me, and they picked um, me and my wife up for uh, for trafficking, uh, possession with the, for the purpose of trafficking, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and it was very interesting because they took us into the police station. They uh, didn't question us. My wife had money in her purse, as well as uh, she had some of the um, drugs on her. Mm-hmm. They uh, sent her away with the money in her purse and gave us uh, two promise to appears. One to appear for identification in two weeks, so they never took our fingerprints, never took our picture. Um, and another for a court date down the road, and we checked on the docket on that court date, and we weren't on the docket. So we thought that was the end of it. But uh, they continued to follow me. Pardon me? (laughs) They continued to follow me around town, Okay. and they stopped me again, they said, for an illegal left-hand turn. And um, and, uh, they, they took me in, that time and uh that's one of the first cases that has just simply disappeared they took me in um and uh, tried to charge me with resist and obstruct i did the same thing that i had done before that had worked and they let me out in the morning set another court date which i just didn't bother going to and uh and they picked me up several months later on a failure to appear for that court date. And the interesting thing is when they brought me into court, they also brought up my, they brought up the possession for the purpose with a case number, but I was the only listed party. They didn't list my wife on that case file. Hmm. And, uh, and they, so um, they set a bail at $250. And I went to, started showing up for bail. And the the guy at bail, it was interesting, when I went in there, he opened the, they have you fill out a piece of paper 
where I, I cross out first name and put give and cross out last name and put family and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And uh, when I went in to see him, he said, uh, wow, he says, you must have a very good lawyer. And I said, why do you say that, Cecil? And he said, well, there's nothing in your file but that piece of paper you just gave me. And I said, well, what, what are you used to seeing? And he said, well, you, there's no picture of you. There's no fingerprints of you. Is all there is is the piece of paper you just filled out. So what I did was I wrote, uh, I had a very hard time finding the actual physical mailing address of the Attorney General here in BC. And um, so I wrote a letter to the people at the bail office asking them if they, if there's anybody there that can show me a law that says that I have to keep coming here, then I'll keep coming. Otherwise, if I don't hear back from them in 10 days, I won't come. And I never heard back, so I sent them another letter saying, thanks for your non-reply. And I stopped going. And even though they had they had my address, because that was a condition of the bail, right. they, they never came to get me. <laughs> and um, so, so they've, they've, uh, and what I found out was several months later, they, uh, like I said, I really thought that I was somebody, so. I was uh, driving around with homemade license plates, no registration, and uh, oh geez, and I forgot about the other one. In the meantime, I had got stopped, and they charged, tried to charge me for failure to provide a breast sample, which I didn't. I agreed to provide one, but uh, he wrote down that I failed to provide one. So I was driving under suspension as well, mm-hmm. and um, so they grabbed myself and my wife. And they said she was wanted on a warrant for failure to appear, which we found fairly strange because she had never been listed on a court date to appear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So CSO online is uh, court services online in BC. You can go online, put in, put in your name, and it'll show court cases that, oh. uh, that you've been involved in. So when we... Um, they held me for a few weeks because it was my second or third failure to appear, breach, and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when I got out, I searched on CSO online, and they showed that they had tried to serve my wife and I, both in a town that we had lived in previously, previous to them stopping us in the town they stopped us in, mm-hmm. and that we had failed to appear for that date. Um, so, So now... They brought out their paperwork, which had both my wife and I listed. They used the same court file number, except they added a dash one onto the court file number that they had originally opened when they just had it for myself for for that same incident that we were both involved in. I understand. So, um... I oh and they got another thousand dollars bail out of me, so they had twelve hundred and fifty dollars in bail out of me now. Hmm. And uh and so then um it's very interesting because my wife she hadn't read any of this stuff and they seemed to have more problems with her than they had with myself. And but she kept coming and and we uh to to court we went to court a few times and uh I would just simply go in, and when the judge would ask if I understood the charges, I said, no, I don't understand. Can you tell me what you mean by understand? 
and of course he wouldn't answer the question. Um, so we, uh, I, I, I started off by telling him, no, I'm not that name on the paper. And they would grab me and throw me in the back and let me go. Um, and, uh, then I tried a few times asking them, do you have any evidence that I have that name on the paper? And that seemed to go better. They seemed to have more problems with that. Mm-hmm. And um, saying no. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, I found that went much better, but they still pursued us. And then um, we went into court one day, and I was doing that, asking, do you have any evidence? And so the judge uh, um, said, oh, I'm going to issue a warrant for failure to appear. So he got the bailiff to actually call over the intercom. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, I'm standing in court and they're calling over the intercom for me to come to courtroom number two. Really? So I turned around to watch the door to see if I would come through and I didn't. So so anyways, um, um, what happened was um, he kept going on about this talking about how he's going to issue this warrant. And and because of some stuff I had read, I had photocopies of the birth certificates there. So I said, oh, hold on a second. Um, I, I I do have um, the defendants in the court. I have them right here in the form of photocopies of the birth certificate. And I went up to the bar and tried to hand them to the sheriff, and he wouldn't take them. So I set them across the bar and said, let the record show that the defendants are here in the form of photocopies of the birth certificate. And that was very interesting because after that, the judge did not look at us. He did not address us. And it was the only time that they, that the judge never actually told us to come back to court the next time. Previous to that, he would always say, you have to come back to court on this day. Do you understand? And I would say, well, you know, my understanding is that I think you're asking if I agree and I don't agree. But that time he never... He never even addressed us after we placed those birth certificates across the bar, which I have no under, I have no idea what or if what that means, but <laughs> that's just what happened. And so we uh, had another court date in well, no, there was another court date in two weeks, and we just didn't go. And again, because we were both on bail, they knew exactly where we lived, and it was about four weeks before they came and they grabbed my wife while I was at work, held her overnight. She asked forgiveness of the court and they they sent her out the back door of the courthouse, told her to go to bail, gave her no paperwork when she got to the bail office. They said, where's your paperwork? She said, well, I don't have any. So they were perplexed down there too. Oh, we had so much fun. Um, anyways. <laughs> so, uh, in the end, um, they, they uh, I think they were afraid of having um, either one of us in the courtroom unrepresented. So they put an amicus curry um, um, for, for myself. And um, I don't really remember whether I made it clear to them that I didn't accept it, but when they tried to with my wife, she... She made it clear to them that she wasn't accepting their amicus. Mm-hmm. So uh, then a couple of days before, the weekend before the court date, I had moved to another town. And uh, 
the police, uh, two undercovers, jumped out of their car while I was at the liquor store, pulled their guns, took me out of the car, wouldn't tell me what the charges were, you're under investigation. Called, uh, then a marked RCMP officer came. They put me in his car, pulled me into the back of the RCMP shop, and he pulled out his pad and said, uh, you're under arrest for possession of a controlled substance and for breach of a recognizance. <laughs> wow. They hadn't even searched me. Yeah. So at that point, I was like, whoa, these guys are serious. Yeah. So the trial was started on the Monday. Um, my wife drove to the, the town where the trial was, and uh, they told her, that they had dropped the charges on her. And uh, she noticed later that they they didn't do it inside the courtroom, which um, she thought was strange, you know, that it wasn't on the record. Mm-hmm. Dropped mm-hmm. that matter. Yeah. So um, for me, it was sort of like, you know, after seeing what they did with me when they were charging me without even uh, searching me, I, I just decided, well... Um, I may as well just keep my mouth shut in here because yeah. it seems they're going to have their way. <laughs> so, so jury. yeah. So they they had the amicus to move the case forward, and since I hadn't entered a plea, the judge entered a not guilty plea, and that took it to a to a jury, and and so they gave me four months for um, for these charges, mm-hmm. and in the meantime. Um, Four months in jail? I'm sorry, Mark? Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, I just wanted to be sure. I was understanding what you were saying. Okay. Yeah, and um, yeah, going back to when they picked my wife and I up on the um, on the warrants, they held me for 21 days and told me if I pled guilty to the failure to provide a breast sample, they dropped like nine other charges, So, which was pretty interesting. But anyway, so... Um, so I, I I went to jail, and for me, you know, it turned out that it was really a good thing because I had been I, I'd been trying so many different things and not really paying attention to what was working and what didn't. So I uh, so I wrote down everything I had done and what happened, and then they then they they never had a court case for the um, the last time they had picked me up. Um, just a couple of days before the the court or the trial, there was never a case for possession. But when I was in jail, they called me for a breach hearing again. I guess they wanted that twelve hundred and fifty dollars of bail money, and I just did the. Is there any evidence before the court that I'm the named party? And uh, she, uh, the judge, tried her yelling at me and that sort of thing when she would call out my name, I would look over both my shoulders and say, are you talking to me? <laughs> and uh, so anyways, um, I did my four months. And uh, like I said, it ended up, you know, I ended up being away from my wife for for that time. It ended up being a good thing because I allowed me to clear my head and to, yeah. and to look at what happened. When I got out, I uh, applied for my... Oh, that's right. When I was in jail, in jail I um, asked for a, 
the the paperwork you'd need to do an appeal. So they sent me that paperwork, and when I looked at it, it was obvious to me. I don't know if you guys have ever looked at an appeal form of theirs, but if you have a lawyer, then you put your name um, above defendant. But if you don't have a lawyer, it's a completely different form that you fill out. And you're not named the defendant in that form, but I'd imagine right after you file it, it became obvious to me that if I filed that form, then I was agreeing I was the defendant. And while I was in jail, I got a phone call one day, and the the guard says, oh, so-and-so wants to talk to you. And it was a lady from the appeals office. Oh, can we help you fill out your appeal? (laughs) So all the guys in the jail were like, what do you mean you got a phone call in jail? People don't call you while you're in jail. (laughs) Oh, is that right? Okay, I didn't. Oh, yeah. So that was unusual for you to get that phone call. That's why everybody was asking you. Yeah. Ah, And when I got out, I, I went to the courthouse and asked, how do I get my bail money back? And or no, I phoned the courthouse, asked how do I get my bail money back, and he said, well, you have to, there's a note in here that there's an appeal in progress. So I said to him, okay, so if there was an appeal, then would it not have to be myself or a lawyer, if I had one, that would file that appeal? And he said, yes. And I said, and where would the paperwork for that appeal be? And he said, well, it'd be in the case file. I said, could you go have a look for me? So he went and he came back. He goes, oh, there's nothing in here. I said, okay, well, when can I get my check? Anyways, they sent me the $1,250. I breached six or seven times during this whole thing, so that was interesting as well. Wow. So um, so I had looked on CSO online when my wife and I got picked up. Her name was listed as supposed to have appeared in court. Um, after I got out, her name was removed from there, and it still shows that her first charge is a failure to appear. It never it doesn't show that she was ever to appear. And the other thing is is that the other day she went for a criminal record check and they checked off that they have no um she got a clean a clean a clean record. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even though they charged her with uh failure to appear at least twice, breach once or twice. And it shows guilty online of that. Really? Oh, yeah? They've completely eliminated the one case where they brought me in and tried to charge me by myself for that original thing. Luckily, I have some paperwork that shows that case number. but uh, And they must have had 30 or 40 hours of video recording of interactions with me. And uh, I, would, I would ask for, the, for them to turn on the video anytime they stop me or put me in a car. And they, all of that's disappeared, except for the video that I have. Oh, shit. So, and I'm pretty sure, uh, my cat member who was talking earlier was talking about getting put on a list. Pretty sure we're on the do not detain list. Because I, I live in a small town. I've got a little color in my skin. There's mm-hmm. not very many of us with color yeah. in our skin here. And I drive around town right by the cop shop, wave at them talk to them at the gas station so it seems as if i have no evidence of that all i can tell you is that they ought to know who i am and uh and they just kind of act like i'm not there so leaving you alone now mark are they yeah so um you know i'm not against filing a claim and and i don't want you guys to think that i mean 
I've listened to all of Carl's stuff at least once. And uh and um and I uh I'm just wondering if um in certain cases like uh, for me I you know I wonder whether these guys would want to have any of this stuff in any courthouse. Um and if um if there you know might be something else I came across the Crown Liability Act or something which said that if the Attorney General orders compensation to someone for being wronged by the Crown, then they have no choice. They just have to write the check. So, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, now I understand what you're saying when you were asking about the Crown Liability Act and things like that. And, and of course, as soon as someone mentions an act, you think, okay, well, you know what's their name. (laughs) Yeah, so you... and that's why yeah. I jumped on the show, Sonia, because I yeah. I knew it's like you say on the chat board. It's hard to to get a feeling for what's really happening, right? So, yeah, well, you, you've been uh, you've been through quite a bit, and you've, you've it's been very interesting listening to how you've dealt with it. You know, like there, uh, like Terry mentioned earlier in, in the show, there are many ways to to deal with issues. You know, it's, there's not just one way, and it. Because every circumstance is totally different, and, and every man or woman is different. Yeah, and every every judge or administrator, you know, prosecutor, crown, they're all, you know, every human being is, or every man or woman is different. Yeah, so it's been very interesting listening to how you've dealt with that. Um, as far as dealing, I I I can't say as far as you know dealing with this, this crown, uh, whatever you call that. I I'm clueless as far as that goes. Yeah. Um, but. Um, you might, yeah. You might just want to. I don't know. Just the first thing I I think about personally is is uh, since they're leaving you alone, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just might just leave everything in my hip pocket at the moment, but keep researching it. Yes, keep researching. But uh, yeah, I don't know if any anyone on the show um, knows anything about that Crown Liability Act. I, I've never heard of it actually. To be honest with you, Mark. Yeah, I I got the idea actually from listening to uh, to Carl. I'm sure I, I'm sure I heard it again the other day that he, um, you know, I'm not sure that um, just from him he wasn't suggesting that somebody do that. I don't think, but he was mentioning that these okay. people have liability Our, insurance. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, dear. Um, someone I can hear music in the background. Um, somebody's got some. Funky music going there. Thank you. <laughs> okay, sorry, Mark. Go ahead. So you've you've heard Carl talk about it then? Well, yeah, he, he hasn't talked about you actually using the Crown Liability Act, but he's meant the reason that I where I got the idea of even looking for it was that he said that that the Crown carries liability insurance. I think it says in the BC Act that there's a thousand or sorry a million dollars worth of liability insurance that. They have to carry, and that they suggest that they carry more. <laughs> well, that makes sense, doesn't it? You know, yeah, they, they're definitely uh, could be held liable for their decisions. <coughs> you know, on these men or women. Yeah, that makes total sense. I see. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So, so part of the reason that I called in was to see if any of you guys had heard about it. But also, um, you know, as you said, there's people have different situations and. Um, so, you know, if there is somebody that's 
Um, like my wife and I, we consider even that even though I did four months in jail, like that we beat these guys. You know, like mm-hmm. we made them break the law so many times. Yes, they have and obviously. The way that they, yeah, the way they had to get me into court to bring me through the back door in chains was, you know, them breaking the law again. That case has disappeared as well. There's no record that I was ever picked up four days before court and charged with either the possession or the breach. That's disappeared as well. There, It was published in the newspaper that I was picked up, though. <laughs> really? So there's another law that they've um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like libel. Yeah. And when I was in jail, um, you know, you got the, you know, they give you the criminal code book, and oh boy, they, if you ask them if you can look at the case law, man, you can't believe how fast they get you in there. They want you to use their stuff. Mm-hmm. I got in there and looked at a few, a bit of it, and then I was like, oh man, you're wasting your time in here. But anyways. So I had a criminal code book, had the Bible. So I looked in everywhere that the word law showed up in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Had some real old dictionaries, which were very interesting. Had a hierarchy of government in Canada, and that showed the governor general was the second man, and there was a spot above him, which they titled the sovereign, and I figured, that must be me. <laughs> And I wrote a letter to the Governor General. I wrote a letter to the man, David Johnson. Oh, yeah. And uh, when I and when you're in jail, there's certain numbers they block. They blocked his number. They blocked the Provost Marshal's number. They blocked the Privy Councilor's number. Yeah. They blocked the um, Governor and Council's number. He couldn't phone these places from jail. So when I got out, I called the governor general's office and talked to the secretary, and he said, look, if I got a letter from you, it would be logged here, and I never got it. So I, in the letter, I basically just said, you know, wrote it to David, a man, and I said, I accept your oath and bind you to it. I got, I got this, some of this stuff from Rob, uh, oh, what's that, Rob, mm-hmm. no, not Rob Menard, um, uh, oh, uh, Rob, R-O-B-B-B, three Bs. Oh. He sits in his house and does that stuff. Anyways, um, he might come to me, but, uh, yeah, so I wrote, um, I accept your oath, bind you to it, and give you sovereign immunity while carrying out my lawful orders, and I ordered him to get me out of jail. And uh, as far as I know, <laughs> you know, from what I got from the secretary, the letter was never sent. Oh, yeah. Which tells me again that I may have been on a on a right track, um, and like I said, I had got I had got that uh, Rob Ryder. There you go, <laughs> Rob Ryder. Yeah. So uh, so um, yeah, it was it was it was uh, really really interesting. Every time my wife and I talk about it, we remember more and more things that happened and how strange it all was. Mm-hmm. sure was a lot of fun. Um, so how yeah. long 
been, Mark, since you've been uh, set free from all this and been left alone? The uh, original incident was 2009, August. Um, the trial was in March of 2012. It took 33 months to bring it to trial. At the prelim, the judge said, she said, uh, she says, I believe there's charter issues here. And she says, I know what they are. And she looked at the um, the amicus they had for me and said, and I think you know what they are. And then she looked at us, she said, but I don't think they know what they are. I think she was kind of trying to drag us into their jurisdiction by by filing a charter um, application or whatever. I learned early that anything they wanted, I didn't want. <laughs> They, they spent more time trying to get me to take a lawyer than anything else. They even left me in a police car out in 26-degree weather with the windows rolled up and kept coming out every five minutes. Are you ready to take a lawyer yet? Really? The way I got out of the car was I laid down on the floor and started twitching like I was passing out. Yeah. <laughs> the cop opened the door and got me out. <laughs> I said, aha, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? That is sad. Uh, you know, Sonia, I from looking at these people, seeing the prosecutors in in court, um, I'm convinced that so many of them really do not have the first clue. They were perplexed that the judge, you know, there you could see him looking at the judge and going, "Why don't you just grab this guy and throw him in jail forever?" They were very confused. They changed the prosecutor six or seven times. The cops were. Um, they were very. They seemed very frustrated that uh, you know nobody could shut me down. Yeah. Um, they only one time kind of mildly roughed me up, and I just went limp like a rag doll. I never resisted them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, never, never um, uh, got violent with them or anything. You know, I tell lots of people these stories, and, oh, the cops would beat you up and all of this and that. Well, I can just tell you that they didn't, right? Yeah. So, uh, so um, yeah, I. so basically, is that Crown Liability Act thing. I'm going to, uh, you know, I've listened to, like I said, all the Carl stuff, and I'm watching what you guys are doing in the, in the, uh, in the uh, Skype groups. And um, I think it's something that I'm going to try because I figure in in my case they're probably they may just want not to have this information get out. Mm-hmm. Maybe just write a check, right? <coughs> um. well, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Well, you know what you're doing is working for you. You know, mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me, and you're learning as you go. But uh, you know, I I. You know, I don't know what you know or ha- what happened to these men or women know in, in these common law groups and things, but I'm saying, I'm thinking, okay, what you're doing is working, you mm-hmm. know, basically, more than basically. Um, so you seem to know what you're doing and what's working for you. So, yeah, you know, I wish you the best. You you seem to know what you're doing. Yeah. You'll pick up in, you know, through through these talk shows and Carl and the, the Skype groups, you'll pick up what you need that, that will work for you. And, and, you know, you'll learn through trial and error like the rest of us. 
yeah, I just keep asking around about, about this. I, you know, I I don't know anything about that that act because. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try it out because, like I I I put in the, the in the chat board there. Um, um, and actually, it, it's kind of funny because I hadn't thought of it until you uh, made the comment that you did, which is one of the things that I enjoy so much about interacting with people is they'll ask me questions and it'll get me thinking in a different direction. So I think it was you, Sonia, that said something about acts and how it was their game. And, and it, cur- it occurred to me, well, if they're under me, then it's my game too. <laughs> They're they're my servants, so yeah. Uh, I'll maybe just uh, let them know what moves they should make, <laughs> and then I'll let you guys know how it goes. <laughs> yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, just keep, it, keep them in line. Yeah, because it it may just open up another avenue for us. Because from what I can understand, um, 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 it. Uh, Sorry, I, I was just trying to do what you're doing, look at the chat board and talk. <laughs> um, um, oh, geez, I've lost my rabbit. Um, anyways, yeah, I'll, it, it, it might be something because I'm hearing the troubles that people are having with filing claims. Um, I think I'm, I'm, they took a couple of my vehicles, so I, I'm going to file a claim for them anyways because I want to try the claim process. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Make a claim for your property, the return yeah. of your property. And I, you know, I I appreciate the heck out of all the work that Mike's doing and those guys that are helping people write letters. And I, I do look at some of them just for ideas. Um, but when it comes to me Hi. putting my claim in, Hi, I'm going to... somebody's... Uh... Yeah, come up straight away and fix it. Yeah, somebody's... Um, he said, with the, with all the, um, valves and, um... Like when someone pocket dials you on their cell phone and you get to listen into to their conversation, eh? <laughs> I think I know who that was. <laughs> so, yeah, what, what I was uh, getting at was that, yeah, I appreciate all the work that Mike and those guys do, and I have looked at some of their, their letters and stuff like that, um, just to get ideas, but, um, um... You know, really from from watching my wife and how for her, you know, I did a lot of things that Dean Clifford said to do. I did things that Winston Shrout said to do. I did things that Rob Menard said to do. And and a lot of those things seemed to um, get me into trouble, whereas my wife, she never read any of that stuff. And she listens to Carl every once in a while, but she sort of purposely... Um, resists listening to too much of it because she's had so much success from just the basic idea that, hey, you know, like, who do you think you are trying to tell me what to do? Mm-hmm. You're a man, I'm a man. You know, no thanks. She's she common sense. Yeah, she would just say to them, you know, I don't wish to contract with you. That's what she said to them. She said it over and over again. I don't wish to contract with you. Are you trying to coerce me into a contract? That was basically the only two things that she said to them, and and in the end, she had better success than me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, so uh, that's nice. She's working with you. She's in harmony with you. That's oh yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And I, and I feel blessed for that, Sonia. I mean, you know, I 
I've heard of a lot of guys that uh, that um, you know their mates couldn't couldn't uh, do, you know weren't going weren't going for this nonsense and and they've lost you know people in their lives that they cared about over this. So yeah, so I feel blessed that that I have somebody like my wife in my life and and that uh, she'll she'll sit there and listen to me talk about some of the things that Carl says just kind of with a smile on her face and and uh, it took me a while to figure it out but she's basically saying to me oh, well, you know go ahead you can you can talk Mark but I don't know how much I'm going to listen to <laughs> <laughs> don't you see this is how you got yourself into trouble last time <laughs> well at least it's a bouncing board if you can get it out worse and hear yourself at least you, you know you can solve problems <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's wonderful at least she'll listen and let you speak and then then you know that's nice. Same with these talk shows when we can at least talk. Sometimes by by at least speaking, um, we're hearing ourselves, and then we're solving the problem right as we're speaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. So um, I'm just going to say one more thing, and then I'm going to let you go, Sonia. I, okay. I would tell uh, I I would tell people that um, um, like when my wife and I read the Mary Croft book, it seemed that it dislodged. An idea. We were operating off the idea that there was such a thing as authority over us. And in reading that book, it seemed that it knocked that idea loose. So we stopped acting off of the idea that there was an authority over us. So I, what I caution people against is thinking that we need um, a whole bunch of ideas of what to do that I got into trouble because I had ideas of what to do mm-hmm. and I found out later that a lot of them were false obviously Dean Clifford's ideas <laughs> yeah. weren't the best mm-hmm. I acted off of some of those I acted off of some of Winston's and some of Rob's and, and I acted myself right into jail whereas my wife she um, rejected all of that stuff she she knew that there was no authority over her and and oh wow um i wish i had some video of her dealing with those guys and they were so they were they were frightened of her and uh and uh it seems like uh i'm pretty sure we're on the do not detain list because they other than driving through uh check stops and um you know, we're pretty careful. I don't drive around on a Friday night or Saturday nights because I, you know, I avoid that sort of thing. But during the week, during the day, I rip around town in the car. And and uh, so short of going through a check stop, I, I'm i pretty sure they notice me. But uh, I just wave and, and go on my way. So, <laughs> so it's not the – we can't get into trouble by operating – off of ideas we don't have, but we sure can by operating off of false ideas that we do have. And uh, just ask Dean Clifford. <laughs> I don't know if he's learned that yet. He seems pretty stubborn. Yeah. But <laughs> many men and women here have been following Dean just to see how he's been doing. So yeah, we're yeah, yeah we know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, so um, I'm I'm going to check into that Crown Liability Act. Like I said, first I'm, I am going to um, put in a claim for there's a couple of my cars and 
that they took and um you know i had ideas back then that trying to go and get them back would uh would have me going under their jurisdiction somehow and i didn't know about claims for property so i just left the things there but yeah so now you, you have some ideas about writing claims mark of, you know oh yeah claims yeah like for a, your property back yeah, I listen to Carl's show. I listen to Gus's shows every week. Okay. Um, I, I have downloaded some of your shows um, and listened to them. And uh, and so, and I have seen um, some of the suggestions that Mike puts in the in the chat group there. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna start with a claim for the car, and I figure that that'll be. That might give give two things to me. One, experience on doing a claim. There's a couple of cars there, so if I screwed up the first time, I can still try another one. And maybe give them the awareness that uh, they might not want me to continue to pursue claims if I um, make a, a claim. And actually, in the Crown Liability Act, they do talk about claims... They do talk about uh, there was something in there about making a claim, and then um, there's just like one or two short paragraphs, and then they uh, talk and talk and talk and talk about filing a complaint. Yeah. You know, the the wording is in there for a claim, but they're really pushing it towards a complaint. Yeah. So that was something else that I noticed when I read that Liability Act. So if I go to the Crown Liability Act, I'm going to make a claim and not a complaint inside of it. So. Of course, yeah. It seems like there might be that remedy in there for us. So I don't know if anybody there has any questions. If if they do, I can try and answer them. Otherwise, uh, I might just let you guys go and listen on the Internet. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I haven't looked at the chat either. There's a lot of new friends, not new friends, but friends have popped in uh, um Right. Hi, Janine. Hi, Canadian. If anybody's got any questions for Mark, it's very been a very interesting... Uh, Somebody's saying you can't sue the Crown if one of its agents did the trespass. Hmm. Yeah. Rainbow Pony God. I, yeah, like I said, I, in, in that, uh, in that act, it seemed to me that, you know, they're carrying the liability insurance or I'm not sure how they worded it. I'll have to go back and look at it again. But, I mean, obviously, they wouldn't pay the premiums if they uh, couldn't be have to pay compensation. Exactly. And they do have, you know, things in there for, uh, for you know, it can go to a trial, but it, I do remember it say um, in there that if the attorney general orders a settlement, the Crown has no, um, it's over. They just have to write the check. That's one thing that I did see when I, when I read in there. So it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily going to go in front of a, a judge or a tribunal or, or anything like that. If, if at any time the attorney general decides that, uh, they don't have a case or whatever, then, once they order them to 
you make a payment, then they have no recourse. Mm-hmm. So I'll check it out and let you guys know. <laughs> well, that's interesting. So, you know, I've, I've wrote that down, and if I take the time, I'll um, go on the Internet and check that out, Crown Liability Act, and just, uh, yeah, put our heads together and get some more information on it and toss it around. It's, it's Yeah, I know they had one. Uh, I'm in B.C., and they have one here. And uh, when I first got in the Skype group, I was talking to Barbara from Nova Scotia. Oh yeah. And I found Nova Scotia has a Crown, Crown Liability Act, so I'm going to assume there's one in every province. <laughs> and like I said, it was an I it was a idea that I got from Carl. That's what had me look into it. So okay. and and I know that Carl, you know, says that he's not just a common law man, right? He says there's remedies in in other areas. So um, you know, that's the other thing I would caution people is, you know, don't disregard anything in what we call their world just because it's not a claim, that there may be something in there for us. And so um, so I'm, I'm there learning from uh, you guys that are doing these claims, and, um, and I figure that uh, it couldn't hurt to have somebody trying something different and we can all learn from each other. Well, that's, yeah, I see mm-hmm. what you're saying, Mark, because, like, they have their rules that they, they have to go by, and if they go breaking their own rules and especially harm a man or a woman, yeah. then, uh, yeah, you can use their rules against them. You know, as far as I'm concerned, okay, you 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 know, you, you broke your rule and you've harmed me. You know, you're supposed to protect me. Yeah. And you've harmed me breaking your own rules, and, yeah. Yeah. And if you read that Crown Liability Act, then, um, like I said, one thing I noticed was that there was provisions for a claim, and then there was provisions for a complaint, and then they gave you all of the instructions on how to do a complaint, and they just, like, they mentioned the claim and then just dropped it. And they were trying to steer you to a complaint. So um, if somebody here in the chat board was saying that they've read the act, and I think it's easy to miss certain things like that because it was just one line about a claim mm-hmm. and then uh, they had they give you everything you needed to know to do a complaint they just want to make sure to throw that claim in there because maybe they're supposed to well you know they yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's if it's yeah, they're, if they're it's, trying to pretend that they're being righteous when just by throwing that one word in there so they can say well yeah we put that in there we're we're making you know the the men or women um uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We're, we're allowing them to know the, the the rules of the game, but they definitely don't want you to pursue it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I used to have the idea that judges were all criminals and didn't follow the law and all of that stuff. And um, that was another thing that helped me um, in jail, along with uh, I'd heard somebody say something that I did not like when they said, you know, if you're in jail, it's because you got yourself thrown there. So. I pursued that line, that that idea, and uh, thinking back on what happened, you know, um, the judges, for the most part, did act with honor and did follow the law. It was my ignorance of the law <laughs> that uh, that got me into trouble. So, and when you're in that mindset that it's them, you know, that they're doing something to me. Then it seems to me like you're you're really harming yourself because um, I would I would rather 
that it was true that it has to do with me, you know, that there's things that I do and that I don't do. And if I um, didn't do the things I do or, or did do the things that I didn't, then, you know, I'm putting a wrench in their gears and they can't move forward. So I hope that um, that it's not them. I hope that it's me because if it's me, well, then I got control of this thing, right? Right. Just once I get it figured out. So, so there's another idea that I found was harmful to me, and I see it rolling around in these, in the Skype group. And yeah, I was in the Mark Stevens group. They had to kick me out of there because they, they didn't like that idea there. Well, that, it, it makes total sense. If we can accept that it's you know that we're making the mistakes, at least we can correct them. Exactly. But for yeah. the first, the biggest thing is is admitting it and not being in denial. Yeah. So I hope I'm my own worst enemy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's me. Yeah. Well, that's that's a, that's a nice point for us all to think about. Thank you very much. And, okay. You uh, take care, Sonia. Well, thanks for your time. Thanks so much for sharing. Okay. Okay, Mark. And uh, and you're in the you're in the Skype group. Yeah, I, I'm in and out the, the Skype groups, you know, just okay. in, into Mike's room. Mike's built all those rooms in there, I believe. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so we're, we're all over the place. And then, you know, we pop into all the shows. Now there's there's shows seven days a week. So we're all over the place. And But yeah. mm-hmm. keep in touch, yeah. Okay, you it's, guys take care. It's been a nice journey with you. Take all right, bye, Mark. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye now. Well, that was interesting. That was so cool. Hmm. Hi, Brian. Got lots of friends on since. Uh, hi, Bug Size. Regina, hi, and guests. Oh, thanks. I hear a little human being. I shouldn't say human, I guess. A little little man or woman, little boy or girl, different person. Hi, Sam. Hi, Janine. Sorry, I don't. I don't look at the chat board when somebody's talking because I, I just can't chew gum and walk. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that laughing, Janine? Oh, you can hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. <gasps> do you have been muted? Do you have been? Well, I muted I you. Mean, I muted you one time there because I presumed it was you uh, or your your little darlings. So I muted you there for a bit, and then I thought, well, I'm going to unmute you because I don't want to mute anybody. But I, I, I think it was uh, some some little darlings I heard in the background, so I just kind of presumed. How are you? I'm good. Yes, I'm good. Good, good. Yep, I woke up early this morning and um, did some more work for Leo, you know, did, did some more stuff for Leo, and um, I finished that transcript, and I just want to... You know, re re go over it and check it, and then I went back to sleep, and yeah, so I woke up now, ready to go, <laughs> ready to go. But, yep, everybody's safe because I'm ha- I've had my coffee, <laughs> <laughs> so you're not grumpy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'm just uh, typing something in here. Um, but um, this speaker picks up a lot, so um, if I'm not talking, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pull it out at the at, right at the cord, so um, 
yeah, so um, yeah, so it just it'll keep the phone um, phone call connected now, um, but you know I'll yeah yeah, but you won't be able to hear it, so that'll be good. It is. It now, is. I I believe it is sensitive. Yes, because I yeah, do. You, yeah. you have you have little ones there, right? Um, that's my son. He's fifteen, and my younger son. Yes. How old is he? He's fifteen. Sixteen? No, one five. Fifteen, one five. Oh, okay. I just, uh, yeah, it must be the 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 way the the speakers sound. It sounded like a a, a little a little baby, like a young one. Oh, he's watch, he, he is watching a movie. Oh, okay, maybe that's it, because I thought it was just a little toddlers. It sounded like I could hear toddlers. Yeah, that's probably on the movie, but I, I flipped, I flip up my mic, and it's supposed to, it's supposed to, um, you know, it's supposed to just cut everything out, and but it mustn't be working. So I'm, I'll, I'll, now that I know that it's not working, I'll, I'll unplug it from the computer entirely. Okay. Yeah, because nobody, I, I mean, I wouldn't like to hear sounds in the background, so. Yeah, well, I, I'm learning about this. I'm on the talk show, talk show pro. <laughs> I'm sorry, excuse me. And so I'm just learning how to do things. So now I, now I know how to mute. <laughs> so I'll have fun with <gasps> No, um, but I, I, I do know how to do, I do know how to do that now because I've, I've been reading a little bit and taking some time out to, to to work the you know the the board and try to figure out how to run it. So if uh, you know, I do know how to do a couple of things, but no, most men and women know how to do that themselves. I didn't know how to mute myself. I never never had to to learn how to do it. So I didn't learn how to do that until a couple of months ago. I didn't know how to do that. But anyway, um, thanks for coming, everyone. Um, is there anything that anybody would like to talk about, or um, does anyone have any any issues? Um, that was nice to listen to Mark and and uh, his experiences. That was really interesting. It's amazing what uh, you know we can put together and, and and work at the moment when we need to. You know, um, very interesting. Um, I don't have any any particular subject or anything to talk about. We lost Terry. Terry was on the phone and chatting away, but. Um, something happened with his phone, so we lost him. I've got something to throw out there. Somebody wants to comment. Who's that? Ron. Oh, hi, Ron. Okay. Sure, Ron. Yeah, sure, Ron. Yeah. Throw something around. Throw something around. I just sent off. Just sent off. Janine, I think, I think you're, you're, um, I don't know, Janine, if it is yours, hon. I think your microphone or something might be causing echoes. I, I don't know. Maybe it's not yours. Do, what do you think? It's fine now, but it was a moment ago. Okay, I guess we're okay, Ron. We can try it again, Ron. Sorry. I just sent off certified mail um, uh, a notice and file on demand to Morris County, who has uh, enforcement capability on the child support order oh, yeah. that I rescinded my signature from uh, from North Carolina. Okay. Uh, the conditions, the last time I was in, uh, I was pulled over driving, you know, or not driving, whatever you want to say, 
um, was put in jail for three days until I saw a judge. And the conditions of my release was that I come up with a certain amount of money in a certain period of time. Well, that time had lapsed. They sent a notice of intent for a bench warrant because the money hadn't been paid within that time frame and said that in 10 days, I had 10 days to respond. So before the 10 days, I, I responded by giving them a copy of the rescission letter that I sent to North Carolina and a cover sheet that said file on demand the following notices. And the first notice was to, my cat's going crazy. The first notice was to, let me grab it real quick so I can read it. It's short, it's like one one sentence. Please have your court staff timestamp file and return one copy of each attached notice regarding Morris County docket number, blah, blah, blah. And then... So you wanted them to return a letter that you sent to them? Yeah, because I wanted to make sure that they received it. Right. And it was stamped, received, and... Uh, the notice is, please inform your court staff of attached void order. Any further expressed or implied threat of enforcement will cause harm to my family and I. Thank you for your services to date. At this time, said void order no longer requires enforcement regarding Morris County docket number, blah, blah, blah. Kind regards. And then I copied and attached the uh, notice of rescission to... North Carolina. Which, when did you send this out, Ron? Uh, today. Oh. I was just curious okay. to see any, any comments from anybody. Mm -hmm. What I should look out for, what to expect next, you know. Yeah, well, I, I, I've never heard of anybody sending a, a letter to someone and asking them to send a letter back that you've sent them in the beginning. Um, well, the yeah, the instruction page that's just to that's just to make sure that they file it, and to make sure that they file it, they have to re you know return a copy of it stamped received so that you have proof that they put it into the file. Oh, I see. I see you want you want it sent back, but you want it sent back to you showing that it's 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 been stamped and is in the file now. Right. Okay. Okay. I see. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you 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 would expect back from them. Well, when I when I did that. Pretty much the same cover sheet to uh, the Butler Police Department for the traffic tickets. They sent me, you know, the the notices that I sent them for appearance. Um, they they sent me those notices of appearance back with the filed, you know, date stamp received. So 
I know they received it, and I don't know if they filed it, but I've got proof all over the place that that they received it, <laughs> that it was delivered, certified mail. That mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. I guess all you can do is wait, eh? What do you, what do you give them approximately a week or ten days or something, Ron? And and just kind of wait and see what comes back to you. Hope, hope yeah, about seven to ten days, they should have some response. Yeah. Did you uh, did you show um, any any one in the, the group those letters? Did you put them in the Skype room and toss them around a little bit, or just you've done this before? Obviously, it sounds like you've done this before, so. No, I've never done it before. That's my whole basis is Skype. I've put everything into Skype and modified it and changed it. And, oh, well, good you know. for you. Well, I guess that's all you can do is just wait and see. What you know, they they should send that back. Then that that was basically a request from you, right? Or yeah, a requirement. Pardon me. Right. I tried to word it as nicely as possible, but the file on demand pretty much says it all, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if anybody else has got any suggestions either. I guess that's all you can do is just wait and see who's back. Guest uh, five, why does this guy don't pay for his kit? Well, that's that's nobody's business, really. Um, whatever his reasons are, you know, it's not really anybody's business as far as I'm concerned. You know, that's getting into, you know. There's a scripture in the Bible that says when you you know when you're getting into other people's business, it's like grabbing a hold a hold of the, the ears of a dog. So the point is we're talking about paperwork here and how to file things, and you know never mind what somebody's doing in their bedroom. No, I'd I'd like to answer that. Uh, okay. If I may. Sure. You know I I've been paying and it's an inflated amount for 15 years to the best of my ability. Uh, my daughter is 18 years old, emancipated, it's no longer a support issue. It's only an, an arrearage amount, and that arrearage amount is overinflated because it was based on it was based on an income that I had previously been making as a land surveyor in Florida, which I'm no longer making that amount, and it has not been modified or adjusted for the past 15 years. Now, I'll I'll admit that all of this is my fault because that I have not been able to or not known why or how to modify the order and make it current and adjust it to current conditions. However, paying an amount that's more than what I'm making or not having the ability to pay is causing me harm. It's not causing anyone else harm. It's not an issue that 
it's not a criminal matter. It's not a, uh, you know, it's all civil. And for me to be, you know, the license to be suspended, the, you know, the way that you make money by going somewhere to a job, I mean, everything is impacted on this obligation that I signed myself into. Well, now I'm realizing that I'm causing myself harm. I'm realizing that I'm the only one that can do anything about it. And this is what this paperwork is about. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't this guy pay for his kids? I've paid everything that I possibly could for, you know, and I still will. I, I will, you hand me a bill that, you know, she has dental surgery or something, I'm paying every every penny of it. But for the government to come after me for an amount that that I say that I owe, no, that's wrong. Well, this is the thing. The system tries to rip our clothes right off of us, you know. And whatever's going on, like I say, in, in somebody's somebody's life, you know, we're not here to know everybody's business, you know. Um, it's, you know, this is an issue where you're trying to learn paperwork. And, and whatever your business is, you've got a reason, you know, as far as I'm concerned. I don't think it's... Um, <clears throat> You know, in these in these groups, I, I, I think there's a limit to wanting to know people's business. You know, um, we know the system will tear us down, and that's what they're trying to do. And it doesn't matter. You can give your blood, sweat, and tears, and they still, they want our soul. They want our spirit, and we know that. And we don't have to, you know, as far as I'm concerned, everybody doesn't have to explain every little detail in their life in order to, uh, be be among these groups and 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 talk in, in in these groups. You know, I I I just don't think that's there's there's a there's a line here. You know that uh, a lot of men and women cross, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm just I'm just an open book. I always have been. I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong. I'm not doing mm-hmm. anything like behind the scenes or you know. Yeah. I'm up front with everything, and I I don't ask. You know, I don't try to pry into other people's lives if they don't feel like sharing. But as far as me, I'm I'm an open book. Yeah. Well, I think if we want to share, that that should be you know our prerogative to share. I don't. I you know, there's just a certain limit. I think as far as uh, questions are not people's business. Anyway, that's my two cents worth. But Ron, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, you know me. I'm I'm not the um, uh, the expert. That's for sure, on letter writing and things like that and dealing with courts and stuff. I just, um, you know, enjoy having these talk shows and and uh, listening to everybody else and learning as we go here, too. So um, I hope that, uh, you know, I guess all you can do is, is wait and see what comes back. I, I can't offer you any, any, uh, any ideas on what you're going to expect back. It's, it's definitely a new one to me. But I don't know if anybody else has on chat or not. Um, well, worst case scenario, I guess I'm just expecting them to ignore it. Um, and if they do, that's just further evidence to a claim, you know, in the future if I choose. Yeah. Is this the this is the first letter you've sent, Ronnie? No, <laughs> I've sent quite a few letters out. Oh, okay. 
I had to I had to organize my computer to uh, you know get it into separate files because I've done you know forgiveness letters and you know for the court I've done letters of appearance and you know bills and uh, closing arguments and allocutions and I've done you know just for these couple of cases. And you're sending it to the man or woman, eh? Yeah, even even when I write to the court, I write to the head or the chief, uh, you know, the, the chief administrator of that municipal court, and I say, you know, greetings, John. Uh, please have your court staff do such and such. And I've been getting... I've been getting my notices stamped, received, and returned, so. Okay. But I also send them, like when I send them the notices, I send them, um, I, I copy the notice with the um, certified tracking number on it mm -hmm. so they can see it's bold right in their face that it's got a tracking number and it's, you know, and it's very nice language. Please have your court staff provide this, and so it's not like it's, you know, a demand or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Let us know what happens, Ron. I will. You will, yeah. You will, and we'll all learn, you know, from these experiences. Well, thank you very much for sharing that with us, Ron. Nobody's piping up, so nobody seems to have anything else unless there's anything on the board. Um, I don't see anything that pertains to it, Ron. Uh, Sam's asking something here. Ron, <clears throat> who do you have to negotiate with? What people? What debts? Questions is why you can't. I sorry, I didn't quite understand what he was saying there. Ron, who do you have it, to negotiate with? What people? Yeah, it, it would be simple if it was just uh, you know I owed money to my ex-wife or whatever. That would be simple. Um, but the complexity of it comes because the lawyer is representing the township or the or the county of on be you know of North Carolina on behalf of, you know, so you got multiple entities that all have their hand in their, you know, in the pocket. And then my ex-wife doesn't even want anything to do with it. She is well off financially. She's, you know, uh, she even canceled um, the support obligation in 2010 and the state picked it up again, but the state is still saying on behalf of, you know, the mother. So I don't know whether she had accepted, like, welfare or food stamps or some kind of public benefit or something like that, and then they, the state turns around and automatically goes after the, the father for, you know, whatever the obligation was or whatever the benefit was. So Right, yes. Yeah, we understand that. 
So, you know, unless the state can come forward and say, well, these food stamps cost $500 and this is your bill for $500, then it's fine. But what they're coming after me for is uh, a set number established 15 years ago when I was making a lot more money than I am now. Yeah. Yeah, they're not even inquir- they're not even inquiring. I presume that uh, what you're making now, they, it's not like they sent you a financial statement and said, "Would you fill this, um, you know, update?" Well, that's <laughs> update. Aspect of it. That's one aspect of it because I've been trying to, you know, live up to that obligation, yeah. no matter how. Um, impossible it is. I mean, even, you know, up here in New Jersey, the the winter months are brutal. So I might go without work. I can't climb trees in the snow, you know, so I might go without work for three months. So I'm trying to stay in contact with the enforcement officers here saying, you know, this is what I have. I'm more than willing to give you what I have. Um, I've gone I've gone down there with, you know, 90% of what I owed and they said sit down and brought a sheriff's officer in there arrested me and threw me in jail. <laughs> so, hmm. I mean, I I'm never going to do that again. You know, and hmm. this is after multiple times of being pulled over, so um they're just vicious, aren't they? So, I've been trying to fulfill my obligation, but it's just impossible. And the thing that kills me is that it's it's an ability to pay issue. It's not a uh, willful non-payment for, you know, because I don't want to pay because my truck is stuck at the bottom of a hill in the snow and I have no way to make money until, you know, so... They don't, they, the court systems here do not go through like an ability hearing. Like, uh, okay, you're proven that you don't want to pay and now you're in contempt. No, they just, they just say, okay, the the bill hasn't come in yet. They give you three days and then they send out a, a rubber stamped bench warrant and then you get picked up, you know, for going, for driving to work and then they say, oh, you've got to, suspended license and all this. So the catch-22 is that it's not, it's a civil issue. There is no rise, there's no probable cause, there's no crime, there's no anything, and yet you still get penalized like, I mean, how do you go to jail for owing Macy's, you know, money? Yeah. Why am I negotiating with legalized crazies? I don't know. I I always thought that it's honorable to pay your debt. So I've been trying to, you know, stay within the paying the debt, however impossible it was. But, you know, I've come to this point now that my daughter's 18, I'm ready to just, uh, you know, fight it with all I have. Yeah, because they'll keep to keep wanting it. it. 
you know, they'll probably ignore that she's even 18, right? And just keep trying to suck you dry. Find out ways of getting more money out of you, you know, if not adding interest on it or penalizing you. Right? I don't blame you. Yeah, you don't have the money. And get blood from a stone. <clears throat> well, let us know on what happens. And, you know, I'm sure if anybody's got any suggestions or ideas, they'll run them by you, you know, either through the groups or if somebody comes across some ideas. I can definitely relate to the guy that got shot in the back on the news. Yeah. And ran from the traffic stop. I mean, I don't know. You just, uh, you know, you know that you're going to be sitting in jail. And, uh, uh, Yeah, and some of these things are so hard to fight. And, and like you say, not not or like uh, Mark was saying, you know, n- not everybody that gets thrown in jail is not because of their own, you know, their own fault all the time. You know, we're living in such a wicked, vicious, vicious system. It's like a bunch of raving lions waiting to devour you, you know, and you just don't know how to how how to defend yourself. You know, and there you are. All of a sudden, you're you're caught. <laughs> you're stuck. Terrible. Well, Ron, thanks so much for taking your time out to, to chat with us and share with us your experience and, and what you're doing from here and and uh, answering some questions that you didn't need to. Post. A lot of chatting going on the board. Sam and Janine. I'm just looking on the board. Well, if no one else has got any um, anything else uh, out about, I think I'll call it a night. There's lots of chatting going on the chat board, and I know Janine, she's just getting wound up, right, Janine? Over there in Australia, you've probably got a beautiful day right there on the ocean. going to go for a swim. It's probably about, what, 11 o'clock, Janine, at your place? Uh, no, it's um, tra- 12, 11 minutes past 12, so it's just past noon. It's, yeah, you're just getting ready for your lunch or something, and then how's the, how's the weather over in that beautiful oh. part of the world? Sunny, sunny, and sunny. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can just feel it. That's nice. I'm glad you're having a beautiful day.
chat with these guys all night. You can. <laughs> or they can chat with you. Yeah. I'm trying to get into a routine of going to bed a little bit earlier. I did, you know, trying to stay into a routine now that I'm going to be getting back to work. This, you know, 11, 12 o'clock at night is just just not, not a beauty rest for my wrinkles, I'll tell you. I'm just, uh, who was I? Oh, uh, Leo, Leo must have looked up Townsville. Yeah, uh, Leo, Mount Stewart. I live at the base of Mount Stewart, so that mountain that you can see in whatever you're looking at, um, that's that's at the I, that's at the base, and that's actually behind the town. Oh, and my big girl, she wants to get outside. There you go. Something's got to Sounds beautiful. Oh, she's like forty kilos of Dane Masters um, Ridgeback. <laughs> oh, now Jetta's going well. And Jetta, her mum, that's the dog I rescued at the dog park, who is pregnant. She's, she's, she's great Dane Masters. <laughs> oh, wow. Hang on, hang on. Okay, must be a dog in the street. They're all going crazy. It doesn't matter how big they are because the white cat, I have a white cat and she rules. When the when the big dogs, well, yeah, when she walks past the dogs, the dogs bow their head. <laughs> they do because they're not, they're not going to do anything to her much because she's, she's swiped them a few times and got them on, the, on their nose and they've howled a bit. <laughs> so they much respect for the cat. I've seen cats do that. I saw a cat one time that broke its nail right off in a dog's nose. <laughs> and that dog, yeah. yeah, the dog saw this cat. Yeah, this this dog would run. <laughs> yeah, well, this cat, he fell off our roof. Oh, she fell off our roof. And I don't know, we, had, we only had her for a short time. And um, I had a friend, Dean, and he was from Canada, uh, Saskatchewan. And, um, you know, he's like, oh, the cat, you know? And he put, he just, Put his hand straight out really fast to to pat the cat, and she just took out a piece of his hand just right there, and then he's like, oh, <laughs> he needed about three stitches. I was like, no, you just can't do that to her. You've got to, you know, she's been mistreated, obviously, so you have to be really smart. Wait till she turns her head where she doesn't think it's going to be a threat, yeah. and then, you know, and then start patting her and. Now she's really good. She hasn't bitten any of us for a couple of years now. Yeah, it takes them a long time to get over, you know, whatever they went through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where she comes from, but. Yeah, but. No, but. But I've, I've got a. I'll see if I can find it. It's my. It's my friend. He actually did a little mini. <laughs> he did a mini video of Townsville, and it's got. Um, it's It's in. It's called Invasion. So he's done a little mini movie of Invasions One and Two. But the first one is the best one because um, he's. Um, in it, he's got some really, really good shots of Townsville for anybody who's interested. He's got some great shots, actually. 
different townsmen. So I'll post it for anybody who might. Um, um, yeah, the bay, Nelly, Nelly Bay. Oh yeah, Nelly Bay is. Um, Leo's just writing on the board. Nelly Bay is actually a bay um, on Magnetic Island. So you've got Picnic Bay, um, Nelly Bay, Arcadia Bay, um, uh, you know, Horseshoe Bay, things like that. Yeah, and my my friend um, Christina, she's on on the island, and she actually comes from um, Leeds in London, in England, and she has a organic B and B on the island. So it's very nice. Yeah. It sounds beautiful. That would be nice. That would be nice to see. Yeah, and see what yeah. You, where you live and yeah, yeah. Well, very um, pleasant. John, part uh, John. Oh, sorry, John Hall. John Hall. Um, yeah. he, England. He said he's got an uncle that that lived in Sydney. So he said he'd probably come out come out here to to visit his uncle. And he said, you know, when he comes out, he said I'll pop up. And because he comes from England and Christina is from England as well, I just said that. I said, great. You know, if you come up, I said, you know, you can you can stay at Christina's place on the on the island, and you know, she said she'd be love to have him over there. Oh, that'd be nice. It is lovely. It's lovely. That well, hopefully she won't have any guests staying there or something. Well, well that that'll be nice for you and John Hall to get together. Well, that's if he does come over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure him and Christina will get on too. You know, because they're both from you know England. Mm-hmm. Well, it's always nice to, to you know, to, to meet some of these men and women, you know, that we've been talking to for, you know, so, some years, months, whatever, you know. It, it's uh, nice to be able to meet them too. Did you go for coffee, um, Sonia, with, with a couple of people from the chat? You were organizing a coffee, weren't you, together? Well, um, Mike, Mike S10... Uh, lives in um, a, a city that I'm going to go visit. That's where my my family is in the same city as my cast ten. So we were gonna we were planning on getting together when I go down. So that's that's actually in a couple of weeks yet. So we were gonna get together and have coffee with him and his wife. And and I'm not sure um, what he has for family. You know uh, whether he has children or not, but. I know he has a wife, and we were going to get together. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and wasn't Mike, as in I Mike, wasn't he? He was going well, we, to do it too, was he? Mike S10 he, was was asking around and and wondering whether you know others would like to get together. He was really keen on getting together and and visiting with uh, you know um, men and women that are in Ontario. So. Um, you know, I think they were thinking about it, but of course, like Brian, he's he's working. Um, he's he has very long days, so I don't know whether, um, you know, they were still thinking of doing that or not. So we'll have to touch bases with, you know, any that are in near the area, because Oshawa's a little bit east of Toronto. You know, yeah. the city of Toronto okay. in, in Ontario. So that's that's where. Um, my guest ten, and that's where I'm going to visit in a couple of weeks is Oshawa, Ontario. So okay. Anybody that wants to to visit, yeah, I was hoping to be able to stay down there for a week, but I don't know. I don't know 
we'll see. I might not be able to make it work. Depends on work, you know. Have to work. It's been a long winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, be looking forward to the summer then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's so short and sweet. You look forward to your summer like, well, like we look forward to our winter. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're just getting we're just getting rid of the snow. We still have snow on the ground in in, in large clumps. You know, we still have snow, but we're we're starting to see grass the last week or two. You know, so we're just starting to see our grass. <laughs> so wow! You gotta you, when when the weather's nice, you gotta make hay while the sun shines, eh? And work, 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 mm. and, and then uh, fall comes pretty quickly, also. But, yeah, so that's what uh, we're up to. So if there's any Ontarians that want to get together, that's that's approximately the 25th, actually, this month, so it doesn't give a, a lot of other people a lot of notice. But but anyway, that, that was the plan. So I haven't talked with my guest, Tim, for a little bit, but I'm sure he's got it on his schedule because, you know, we, we, you know, we committed to each other. Said, yeah, we're going to make this work. God willing. <laughs> yeah. If we wake up oh, alive. Yeah. yeah, if we wake up alive tomorrow. Yeah, well um yeah, was it last Saturday? Yeah, I think it was last Saturday. Um I was at um um Reclaim Australia rally. Uh that was that was yeah, cuz last weekend was the Easter weekend. I went to a Reclaim Australia rally and um there was there was uh, pretty big. Uh, it, it was everywhere in the state, actually, and all around Australia. Reclaim Australia rally because a lot of um, there's politicians here and other uh, other people. They're trying to bring in Sharia law. So yeah, yeah, and it, it was quite interesting down in Melbourne. I think there was they had a couple of clashes going on. There was a bit of fight down there, but um, it doesn't sound too good. What what they're trying to do here, and um, I actually got in touch with the event organizer for Townsville called um, uh, Jean Marie, and I, I I actually spoke to her after after she got up and spoke, and um, uh, you know we we had a bit of a talk, and we're going to get together, and I gave her some of Carl's stuff, and um, she's going to go over it. And we're going to get together in a coffee for a coffee in another week or two, because uh, it looks like they're going to take it to the high court. Um, and she said uh, the law is what we really need right now. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to get a, a group together and start from there. Even. Wow! Wow, that'd be nice. Mm. Oh, good yeah. for you, Janine. That's super. Now that now this law, um, it, it sounds familiar. But I, I don't think I, I I know I don't understand it. Um, would you call it Sharia law or Sharia? I don't even know the ter- yeah, I don't even know the term. I don't watch the news. I don't watch television very very rarely, um, so I really don't know a- what's going on. Yeah, is it A-R-I? Sharia? Is it Sharia? Um, uh, Carl mentions it in his um, when he when he was on Uncommon Law. Um, over in the UK, he's, he 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 actually brings up a um, um, a clip of the world, and it's it's got you know like um, 
legal legalese, uh, common law, and he he did mention Sharia law in a couple of countries, usually over the Middle East somewhere. Yeah, the name sounds kind of familiar, but um, yeah, is that like martial, like martial law of some sort? No, it's 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 the Muslim law, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. You know where you can have where you can have two or three wives. You can uh, you, you treat the women like crap. Um, it's a religious, you know, religious law. It's yeah, it's a religious law, and you know they're saying no, we are, you know, and they want to they want to bring this in. Oh. So, so it, it's it's, and I think they've been trying to push it through under the under the you know the disguise of a religion, mm-hmm. but it's it's actually a law. Um, so yeah, and a lot yeah. So, but it's it uh, now they say it's a law. What? What kind of law are they saying? Is it a biblical law or a man-made law? What are they? What kind of law are they stating it to be? To tell you the truth, Sonia, I don't really know because but, I've never, you know, I've been so busy trying to study common law that, you know, when they brought this up, I'm thinking, well, I'll go along to it. Um, and look, pro- probably more or less saying that. The Muslims are trying to take over this country, or or something like that. I, yeah, I don't know really what they're saying, but they're saying they're trying to bring in this law as the law of Australia or as a law of Australia. But we've already got common law. Um, yeah, and there was um, one of the women actually. Um, she said the couple of uh, month or, a month or so ago down in I think it was Melbourne. Uh, this guy, he um, he terrorised and held hostages in a cafe. And um, from what I from what I can understand, in what I heard in the lecture and people talking, is that he already had a rap sheet. Like you know, he'd already done so many bad things. Yeah. So why wasn't one? Why wasn't he on the watch list? And two, what was he even doing in Australia? Um, you know, because, and I think that's what I want the law changed to say, well, look, any people that are, any of these sort of extremists that have got a rap sheet and they've been, you know, they've been, have got all these crimes behind them, they shouldn't even be allowed in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not familiar with, the law at all, but they but I think Australians Australians aren't even aware of their own common law. Well, that that, that makes sense because most of the world isn't. No, you know, most no, no. I mean, I wasn't. Hello, girls. Who's that? It's Sam. Oh, hi, Sam. I just saying hello to both of you, charming ladies. Hello, Bye. Sam. Thank, thank you, thank you for dropping in. Yeah, Can you're talking. You're talking about Sharia law, and uh, I don't know that much about it, but it's kind of like a, uh, uh, it's it's like common law, believe it or not, but it's on the extreme. Uh-huh. Like if, uh, you know, if uh, if a person uh, steals a loaf of bread uh, from a bakery, then uh, you go to court and you have your hands chopped off. Oh, my. <laughs> okay, they're really going... Biblical, like taking taking the Bible liter- literally, 
Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's an extreme common law, you know, like, you know, it's oh. kind of like, well, eye for an eye, you stole something, so we're going to cut your hand off. Oh, my. Or you kick somebody, we'll, kick, we'll cut your foot off, you know, something like that. Well, they've, oh. they've, they've forgotten about the New Testament where if your brother steals your coat, give, give, give him your cloak. <laughs> and, if, uh, and if your wife commits adultery, the husband is allowed to kill the wife. Oh my goodness! Mm. Or oh stoker, yeah. something like that. I don't know. It's some kind of crazy crap, you know. Oh, that's wild. Like, I, I think if the husband commits adultery, I, I, I have a feeling that I think that uh, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. I think they're allowed to, but the woman's not. I, I don't know. Yeah, the, yeah, it's the an woman. Extreme, uh, woman. It's a, uh, thing for eye for an eye, <laughs> two for two, but and then you 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 took my bread. I'm taking your hand. You know now you're not going to take bread from anybody ever again. Type of deal. You know. Wow. Mm, wow. All you guys are Many. doing is saying your religion is better than somebody else's. No, no, he wasn't saying that. Saying it's extreme and it's crazy. It's other people's beliefs. That's what they're born into. They've been doing it for thousands of years longer than Canada or United States. That is mm. common to them. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah it is common to them. Yeah, it's to their society, you know. But it's not done. But they're but also they're, natives of this planet just like the rest of us. But the the cops don't shoot people in the back there. You see, that's you know, like in the states they do. You see, so you know it's kind of you know, you know over there they hardly have any crime. You know. Uh, well, see that this is it's kind of like saying pretty much that they can they can kill a woman and get away with it because that's their law. No, they can't. They can punish their wife according to their religion. They can't go killing women. You know, this should There's be a law, do They're practicing their law. They're not going out on murderous rampages. They're practicing their own law. Oh, yeah. It's the they're, way they've been doing uh, it since since before the Bible. Yeah, their society has very little crime. <laughs> well, it's like it's okay. like in the States when that guy went into the movie theater and killed all those people, just opened fire and killed everyone. He only did that because he knew that that was a no-carry zone. He knew that he would be the only one in that in that theater with a gun, where as if that theater was an open carry theater. Yeah, he would know that everybody in that theater had a gun, and everybody would pull out their gun and shoot him if he tried to do that. So, because they passed a law that no one's allowed to have a gun in that area of town, that's the only reason the guy went to that area of town because no one could protect themselves. And. Yeah. In Iraq and Iran, people don't steal loaves of bread because they know what happens. So it's a very good deterrent. It's yeah, kind of like okay. it's kind of like if I lived in Florida, I'd be less te- less tempted to commit murder, knowing that I'm going to get murdered if I if I murder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no, no crime in the Arab world. Jeez, uh, it's, it's crimeless just about you know. Well, that did but but they've been marrying several wives there the whole time. Nothing has ever changed for them. That's normal. The wives, the wives don't mind. That's how they're raised. Hmm. Um, my question is, um, you know, this guy that 
um, held um, people at hostage down south, you know, and yes, he was taken it out, he was shot um, because um, one guy, one guy so, with his gun. Oh. The thing is, it's just convenient to say he was Muslim. Because he wasn't a Muslim, he was a murderer if he was killing people. He wasn't a Muslim, he was a robber if he robbed somebody. He could have been white, he could have been black, he could have been green or purple. Just because he's Muslim, everybody says, oh, those Muslims. Yeah, that's true. Oh, he's an well, extreme. Uh, he's, he's an extremist because he's brown. It could be a plant, too, you know, planted by, uh, you know, the secret society, whatever you call those people, you know? Yeah, I'm not much into conspiracies, but it's possible, I guess. Yeah, like, I, I'm into, you know, like most conspiracies, you know, and I've, I've discovered that uh, the majority of the conspiracies I've ran into, they're all they're all true. <laughs> you know, that's so, yeah. so, that's how funny it is. It's... Um, see the way I see it though if I'm in Iraq or Iran and I do something by accident I want to have the right to say whoa 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 I'm from Canada we don't cut people's hands off in Canada I didn't know what's going on and I would hope that they will respect the fact that I have other customs and beliefs so to be fair if a Muslim comes to Canada, I'm not going to bitch about his laws. He can do whatever he chooses in, in this country as long as he's not doing it to me. Yeah, like a lot of those uh, people that get involved in drugs, you know, and they go to those Arab countries, <laughs> forget it. They're either going to be in jail the rest of their lives or just for carrying a, you know, a small amount, or they'll get killed, one or the other. So, you know, no, no one... Brings too much drugs to uh, the Arab countries, you know. Yeah, it seems to this. This seems to go further than that, though. It's the um, the halal halal certification of certain foods, and um, and that just to certify them halal, they have to pay a huge premiums or something like that. And they were trying to get um, Malani Dairy to um, get certified halal and Mulaney Dairy actually says, no, we're not going to do it. Uh, you know, things like that. And they're, they're sort of pushing their agenda. And, you know, people are saying, look, you know, they can come and do what they want. You know, Australia is pretty easy and laid back. But then when they're saying, well, if you don't do it, we're going to, we're going to threaten you and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and you better do it. Otherwise, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's a different story. Is there a lot of Arabs in Australia? Well, look, there's people from every walks of life here. Every every walk of life. Look, there's um, one woman up in um, up in Mariba. Now they were going to open up a seventy million dollar Muslim college up there. But obviously it was for some sort of agenda or something like that because even the Muslims who are so-called Muslims, or call them what you want, but people of that culture, even those people who have lived up um, in Mariba and are of that culture, they didn't even want the centre up there. So, you know, this woman got with the people of, of that kind of um, calibre of understanding 
and she she actually said no we don't want it and therefore they they didn't get it which was a, a really good idea that they didn't get it yeah. do you have more chinese than uh, arabs in australia uh chinese the chinese actually come out here when you know in the um they would have come out early as well um lots of chinese were out west um in the early uh, 1900s there was a lot of um, vegetable farms and farming and everything like that way, way out west where, you know, you've only got bore water because it comes up actually from underground. They, we have a big artesian bore. Um, big artesian, we, we, we call it the artesian basin. It's a big underground, it's underground water. When it comes up from the ground, it's near boiling. It, has to, it comes up um, and it cools down and it waters a lot of that area out west. We have a lot of Chinese living around there, you mean? Um, well, no, not so much anymore. They've moved to, um, they've either left or moved away down south and everything like that. The only Chinese guy I remember when I was growing up was an old guy called Willie Ma. And um, he had a garden right at the back of town, at this little town. And... Um, you know, he he was the only Chinese man that I knew while I was growing up in that western area. Yeah. So there's not that many Chinese people in Australia. Oh yeah, but they're they're mixed cultures. You know, like a Chinese family will come over here, and then you know they'll they'll get in with an Australian family, or it could be a Portuguese family, a Lebanese family, you know, and then they'll they'll marry. You know, and then they'll have children, and they'll be a mixture, and then they'll grow up, and so it, it's it's really a mixture now of um of cultures here. Because, you know, because China is so close to Australia, and there's like 1.4 billion people, you think they would have millions of them coming to uh, Australia to migrate or, or or I don't know, do business or something. Oh yeah, no, no, we got we got um uh, you know in each capital city. Um, in Brisbane, Sydney, um, places like that, they they have Chinese Chinatown. They actually call it Chinatown, and all and it's a it's a whole group of community um, that that um, even in Brisbane, for example, and that's like about 2.2 million people. That's like our biggest city in Queensland. They've got their little Chinatown in Brisbane. And there's a whole group of them that shops, you know, it's um, beautiful architecture well, there. It's all it's all I like Chinese. I just thought, you know, you would have like 10 times more because you got 1.4 billion <laughs> just across the water there, you know. China's yeah, not um, Canada, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, a lot of people, a lot of Chinese people aren't aren't rich. And, and um, you know, China China is a big place, a big place. Yeah. Um, Japanese people, yeah, we've got, we've got a lot of Japanese people that come in because Japan's not very far away. It would be kind of nice if uh, Carl uh, was able to get down to Australia and get a, start a nice movement down there. Oh, Look, I, I put some I put some stuff up in the Aussie in the Australian chat room. Um, yeah, we have, have you know, we've got a guy. Money. Sorry. Yeah, whatever groups would have to raise some money for you know his plane flight there and back. That would cost a lot of money, you know. Yeah, 
yeah, you're looking at probably 2,000 out and 2,000 back, and that's just, you know, and it's a long flight. So really, you know, Carl would need better accommodation so he can actually lie down and go to sleep. So it would be best if we could get him over here first class. Yeah, I think he's dying to get there, though. Oh, you know, it's it's just getting the groups together to get him over here. Um, what I've done is we've got a big Monsanto rally here on the 25th of May. Now, I think well, that's, that's fantastic. That, There's no yeah. Monsanto in Canada at all. Are you sure? Because if you Google Monsanto rallies, they are going to be all around the world around about May 25th. Now, what I've done is I've emailed all those people um, um, in Australia regarding uh, that's that's hosting these Monsanto rallies, you know, against Monsanto, and I've hosted them and I've and I've emailed them saying, please log on to Carl's website, you know, da 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 da, you know, you'll you know you'll you'll have so much information and it's really going to help you, you know. So I'm doing my best, and with the Reclaim Australia rally, uh, they expected 1,500, they got 200. It's Easter weekend, you know. So, you, know, um, yeah. you know what this common law, uh, learning uh, this common law, the way uh, uh, Carl explains it, you know, it's literally, it, it's like, uh, I, I call it like having, uh, you know, it's like a person having a black belt in karate. You know, like uh, if you, if a person's got a black belt in karate and, Meets the average person, or even beats anybody. You know, I mean, whether even beats a cop, as long as the cop doesn't have a weapon. I mean, the person with a black belt will put a cop down in two seconds, and in fact, probably end his life in two more seconds. You know, so but uh, but the uh, common law can do to our society. You know, could uh, what I what I'm getting at is that uh, common law. Uh, the uh, Monsanto, everybody's protesting. They're running around like a bunch of Indians, okay? Now, which is great, which is great. That's what you want. You want more and more and more people involved. But one person or a group of persons should put a lawsuit against them, uh, billions of dollars of a lawsuit. That's, yes, where, it's you, just, that's where it's supposed to be done. Everybody's run, Monsanto. Yes. No, like literally, Monsanto's laughing. Of They're course. just laughing. Of, of course they are. Monsanto is laughing. You know, and I even told Jean Marie, you know, she kept talking a word about the word petition. You know, when we've been when we've put something, oh, we want the fluoride out of our water. We've got over a thousand people that have signed this petition. You know, um, I signed it years and years ago. Um, What's that? We the petition. We we know now that the word. Yes. It's the same. We know now. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, but we know now through, you know, I know now through listening to Carl that the word petition is not what we think it is. Petition means that you're praying to a deity, you're begging, you know, you're asking (laughs) that person, you know, you you are petitioning your God. Well, our government is not our God. So when Janine Marie says, oh, I'm going, you know, we're going to petition this and petition that, I said, no. 
you know, I was able to tell her, gee, no, you know, do not word, do not use the word petition, and this is why, you know, and explaining to her, and I said, you know, use use require, use, um, you know, wish order demand, but do not use the word petition. Don't petition your government because they can just say yes or no. Yeah, that's that's all baloney. It's all everybody's jumping around. It's uh, like uh, it's a bunch of leaders with no head, you know. But uh, but you know, I'll, I'll, you know, just for conversation's sake, um, you remember a few years ago they had that vaccination thing, the NYI, whatever they call it. You remember that vaccination the, the, thing? The bird flu. You know, they were going to give us vaccinations because everybody in Europe. And, ah, uh, yes. Yeah. H1N1? So, oh, that was a flu. Which one was it? H1N1, H1N1. That, that was a flu, though. H1N1? That's H1N1. it. H1N1. Okay, now, you know what stopped that? You won't believe it. I, I, I was following it at the time, but it was stopped by a nurse in, uh, I think it was, it was in, she was in uh, Germany. Yeah, she was in Germany. It was a nurse, one silly person. I guess she's not so silly. She's a genius. But one person, uh, she was talking. She knew that the H H one N one was, uh, you know, was catastrophic. It was going to kill uh, millions and millions of people. So uh, she put a lawsuit in in the uh, in the in the, in the in, into the courts. And the uh, against them for I don't know millions and billions of dollars, uh, you know that they're trying to kill people with this flu shot, and uh, the news people got hold of it and it just spread like wildfire. Now, uh, did you hear about that or, or you, do you remember that at all? No, I didn't hear okay. that. Okay, you, you weren't you weren't part of the internet then. Uh, this is going back about. Four years ago, I guess, right? And uh, anyways, uh, that alone, okay, I used to follow the Internet at the time there. You know, I used to get my news on the Internet. And uh, it actually uh, it actually hit the media, too, the, uh, the, the regular media news, you know. But that lawsuit caused so much controversy. It was absolutely like... A, like lightning from the sky against uh, the uh, the chemical companies that made it, and within within uh, then right after that, the the government I forgot uh, the different governments in Europe decided instead of to start giving the uh, the flu vaccine to the population because everyone is supposed to be getting the bird flu, uh, they decided to check it out, double check it, to see what's in it. And then when they found out what was in it, the shit hit the fan. Okay, the government, uh, some of the smaller governments there decided that, no way, we're not giving our people this. And then within no time, uh, it uh, it fizzled. The whole bird flu uh, epidemic idea just fizzled within about six months. And it was from one, one beautiful lady, a nurse, she was about 38 years old, she decided to put a, a, a file, a, you know, a case in court against them. And holy mackerel! Now, 
You know, you remember that uh, guy in the United States that was fighting against the uh, General Motors, that lawyer, Nazer, Nazer, whatever his name was? Nader? Ralph Nader. No, I I don't. Do you know, uh, ever heard of Ralph Nader? Uh, Mike, have you heard of Ralph Nader? I haven't either, Sam. Um... Well, uh, was, was have you against... heard of Ralph Nader in the States? No, fighting against GM, was he? Oh, my God. Like he, When he got out of law school, he was just a young guy. Uh, this is going back now in the, uh, what was it, the 60s, I guess? Uh, you know, something around there. And uh, he was just got out of law school, was in his 20s. And, uh, and there was people getting killed. Too many people get killed on the highways uh, with these cars that didn't have, uh, uh, you know, had all kinds of defects on them. So he decided to sue, sue General Motors. He, he was a lawyer. He could do all the paperwork himself. And they tried to destroy him. Uh, like the, uh, you know, the General Motors tried to do everything, you know, to run them down, to defame them. Uh, you know, the, the the guy was just a student. He lived in a little apartment. He didn't have any money. And so they could go after him financially. Uh, they could do nothing. Uh, he was a straight arrow, uh, straight A student, uh, finishing university. And, uh, and so... Uh, he was the beginning in the United States for all the motor companies to start making more safe cars. One person. So, you know, it, it just takes one person to uh, to understand the law. Like, you figure, how many lawyers? How many lawyers are there in uh, Australia? How many in Canada? How many, especially in the United States? Not one lawyer. Will step up and say, "Let's, we're going to sue whoever." <laughs> Nobody, you know, like like this guy here, Ralph Nader. I mean, he was back in the 1970s, I guess, 60s, 70s, and he's still around. He ran for president in the United States uh, uh, the last term. Uh, unless he's related to the Queen, he won't get in. He what? Unless he is related. To the Queen, he will oh, not. Yeah, he'll never win. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, he uh, he he ran for presidency in the United States uh, the last term and the term before. So he's very popular in the United States uh, as as an individual. Uh, I don't think he, I don't think he represents a party. You know, he just runs for the presidency. You know. Yeah, it was it was so funny here, you know, um, when Ron Paul was running, you know, for president, and uh, oh, oh, we were watching the news, and you know, and there was actually a clip where it had like Ron Paul was in front, and you know what? The newsmen never even mentioned Ron Paul's name once. They said, oh, it's between this one and that one. And he wasn't even mentioned. And yet you could see Ron Paul leading all of them at the oh, behind yeah. them. On the, yeah, and it's like, it, this is how blatant it has become. The same as 9-11, you know, um, that person, whoever just won the court case um, in England or something against that, 
you know, uh, the BBC giving wrongful information, saying that the tower had fallen, and you could see it in the background that it hadn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you. They think they're smart. These uh, cabal, these super rich people, they think they're so smart because they have it all covered. But every once in a while, one person screws up. Yeah, well, he just um, he just won it. What twenty twenty third of March this year? Um, yeah, I got onto the David Ike website and it it come up. I just googled nine eleven and it had you know man wins case in court, um, BBC or something, uh, false claims, all that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, no, I believe it. Well, you you know who really knocked down the twin towers, eh? I've done a, a lot of studying over the years on it, but uh, it was the uh, uh, Israel. Israel, yeah, well, Israel just, put the nuclear uh, bombs in there, and uh, the Mossad, you know, the, the Israeli what, the thermite, the, the thermite that melts steel, those bombs. Yeah, it was a Jewish fella that owned the buildings. I guess you know that, eh? Oh, Silverstein. Silverstein bought the buildings, what, I think, was it six months before the thing? Yeah. And he insured them against well, terrorism. He was part of it, yeah. So, you know, like, uh, the Jewish government uh, set it up that they uh, attacked the United States. It, uh, and that was an attack on the United States. And they could blame it on someone else. Like, just uh, like a silly game these people play, you know. It's... Uh, uh, you know, you know how kids, you know, back you see it in movies, you know, and two kids are sitting in the pew in the church, and they uh, and they have a couple uh, people, they have a couple uh, girls uh, sitting in the pew in front of them, and then the, the the boy that's sitting way over to the left of the pew stretches his arm out and pulls their hair. Of the girl, and then the girl turns around and blames the one, the guy behind her. Well, that's yeah. what the, that's what the Mossad did. They're the ones that blew up the twin towers, and uh, then they point the arrows and said, oh, "Oh, it wasn't us; it was those Arabs." <laughs> yeah, well, as um, oh, what did someone say? Uh, they said, "If you have a look at it, Israel um, on." Um, Glenn, uh, Wayne Glue, I've put up in the Australian law room. One of the women, one of the women, right at the end, said, "If you have a look at um, the security um, in Australia, Israel own, owns it all. They own all the security. They can they can do as they want, pretty much. And um, and that's not supposed to happen, but they are doing it." Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at the lawyers. I mean, that's all you got to look at. You know, how many lawyers in Australia, okay, what percentage of the lawyers are Jewish? I guarantee you 80% of all the lawyers in Australia are Jewish. 80% yet, they're only like 1% of the population of the country. Okay. You guys hear yourselves. But, yeah. Yeah, we're getting. Are you, are you guys actually thinking about what you're saying? Yeah, of course. Okay. Did you have any ideas? So we're just talking in general, you know. But uh, you know, 
I was I was listening to wrong doing, talk. What you're doing is you're accusing everybody of the Twin Towers. You're saying all this stuff about Jews and uh, I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, all that information is is not where did it all come from? Where, it's all just people's all, opinion all, on the internet. You have no firsthand uh, knowledge of anything, and it's not all the Jews' fault. There's more to it. But whatever. Go ahead. Blame the Jews. No, I'm not. I'm not going to blame the Jews. You know, the, it's not just the Jews, but, uh, you know, the richest guy in the world is, okay. is not a, it's not a okay. Where Where is all this evidence he got? You know who the richest like, guy in the world is? Is this just YouTube PhD talking, or do you have any actual evidence? Well, that's where you get the uh, information from. And, uh, and, of course, some of the information is incorrect, and some of them is correct. So, you, you know, there you go. anything else. The same as anything else, whether you read the newspapers or whether you watch the television. So, uh, but you, you know, the, the richest person in the world is the Rothschilds, and uh, a lot of people never heard of the Rothschilds. So, how do you know the richest guy in the world? And what does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with the Jews? What does that have to do with well, the Twin Towers and lawyers in Australia? The Jewish, the Jewish people and, uh, and, and, and people like them. They were. <laughs> and people like them. Do you hear yourself? What are people like Jews? Well, the people that are. Uh, well, uh, that I, only know, I only know a couple of lawyers, and they're, I only know a couple of lawyers. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What defines people, Mike, define people like Jews? Mike, they're just having a conversation. You know, you don't have to pick conversations apart all okay. the time. Okay, have a you racist know? show, Sonia. Have fun. Bye. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of him picking everybody's, you know. I like having a conversation every once in a while and listening to a conversation, something different. It doesn't have to always be a debate. No, I can you see where uh, Mike can you see where Mike is coming from? He was just saying, Look, you know, we have to sometimes we have to mind what we say on these shows and we have to be careful because then we have a responsibility. So yeah, and sometimes and, and I can I can see where he's coming from. Um you know, it's it's amazing uh, you know that people can take stuff the wrong way. Just, just um, like I said, it's an Israeli company that has the security for a lot of Australia. It doesn't mean Muslims and Israelis own the company. It's just an Israeli company. I'm not, so I'm not accusing anybody of being any religion whatsoever. I'm just saying where it's based is an Israeli company. It's called an Israeli company. It's out of Israel. You know, so what what does that have to do with Israelis? Nothing, as far as I can see, it's just based out of Israel. Well, I mean, it's it, you know, it may it may be nothing on the surface because they uh, they work uh, they work very covertly. You see, they work on the basis, like I was saying to you a few minutes ago, when you have these two young kids, you know, sitting in the church, and one pulls the hair of the one in front of them, and 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 the person pulling the hair was, you know, four seats back, and the person who turns around says, "Oh, you did it." Well, that's the 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 Jewish mentality is like that. They like to work covertly, 
They don't want to be blamed for anything. They don't want to be seen anywhere. But they're the ones that have the money, and they're the ones that show everything, that make things happen. That's the way it's been done for the last, uh, uh, since uh, 1776. Well, um, as someone said to me, you know, what is the best way to keep a secret? The best way to keep a secret is out in the open. Henceforth, you know, you were just talking before, you know, when you go into a court and you file a paper, they've got a one-sentence line about a claim. And they've got all this other stuff about a complaint. They've still got that claim out in the open. You see? It's out in the open. See, yeah. so they, uh, and, and they're going to tell you one way or another. They're going to tell you what they're doing, but you won't understand what they're saying, but they're going to tell you. I take whatever they say on the news. Oh, it's this and this and this. You know what I think? I think, well, whatever they say, well, they're know, doing the exact one, opposite. You know, Janine, uh, you know, here's, here's something that's quite significant, okay? And uh, the average uh, Joe and Jane, uh, in all these, you know, uh, countries, don't realize that when they're paying income tax, did you know that every dollar you pay in income tax in Australia, none of it goes to the government? Did you know that? I can tell you for one thing, if you go and have a look at the, the Australian Common Law Group, and you do, um, there is a Wayne Glue one there, and he's like an Aussie Carl Lentz, but he's actually he's done law for a long time. He was an ex he he's actually an ex policeman. Um, and him and his mate have done diggings. They've done diggings, and there are three, three lots of six trillion dollars. Trillion with a T, T for Tom. Six trillion dollars. That's what what six twelve eighteen. That's eighteen trillion dollars of Australians' money all hidden away in three accounts in Delaware. Now, as, as Wayne said, we didn't give it to them, so how did they get it and what are they doing with it? Because yeah, it's well, our money. What's, uh, what's Delaware? Delaware. Delaware, isn't that a place in Texas? Isn't that a, a tax haven? Oh, okay, that's in the States. Yeah, in, 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 yeah that's okay. right. Well, you see, it's the same thing in Australia, as it is in Canada, as it is in England, as it is in the States, okay? Every dollar that everyone pays on income tax, that's trillions of dollars, the government doesn't get a penny of it. Hmm. Not one red cent does the, the Australian government get. As soon as, that, as soon as you pay the income tax, as soon as everybody pays their income tax, that money is shipped to the people that own the the, uh, uh, the reserves. The, uh, what do you call it? The Federal Reserves, or what? The, well, I'm not sure what they call it in Australia. The, the Reserve Bank. The Reserve Bank is that what they call it? Yeah, the Reserve Bank, and that's what okay. they. So every in, dollar. Um, now, now, how does the government function if every penny goes to the Reserve Bank? So the government goes, well, we don't get any money, so we have to now borrow. <laughs> and where are they yeah, well, borrow um, the they are they they get um, it's 
how much now? It is $1.30 per litre of fuel here at the moment. So um, they, the government is getting probably about 70 cents in every litre that, that they get paid for every litre of fuel. Okay, so, well, that's and, different. That's different. Yeah. That's, uh, I'm talking about income tax. Yeah, income tax, you've got to pay it here too. Australia is the second yeah, highest no, tax. No, I, no, I, I'm, tax I'm, I'm talking about the only, only income tax. The other taxes the government makes money on, like gas gas taxes and and fees on the highway or whatever, you know, they get they make money on that. Tickets, uh points. But income tax, every penny and that's where the bulk of the money goes, is income tax. And the government of Australia does not receive one red penny of that money. And the same thing goes in Canada, okay? Every penny. So the Canadian government sends uh, $600 million to the, uh, uh, to the Canadian uh, reserves, you know? I uh, forgot the exact name of it, but uh, it's the same thing as the American, uh, you know, Reserve uh, Bank, Federal Reserve, you know. So they get all the money. Yeah. And the Canadians don't get one penny. So now, now, but the question is, in referring to, like, Michael was talking, what? how do you know this? How do you know that? How do you, well, you know, uh, the people that own the, the, the banking reserves are Jewish. Uh, are the Rothschilds Jewish? The Rothschilds are Jewish. Okay, uh, and and the and the more uh, was it Morgan? Is it Morgan? Yeah, the Morgan family, they're all Jewish. Mm. Okay. You know, you know, in Russia, you know, back in uh, the 1917 uh, Bolshevik War. Okay, that was the Communist Revolution. You remember the history? You know, where, uh, you know, Stalin and Lenin and Trotsky and all those people, they overran the uh, king, uh, what was his name, Nicholas or something, or Alexander, you know, okay. of, of Russia. Well, they were all Jewish. Okay. Every single one of them was Jew from the United States. They're all from the United States. They went to Russia after they started the commotion, and then they thought they'd take over the... Uh, the uprising, and uh, then eventually they toppled the government, and, and they killed the czar. You know, and then they and, and uh, Stalin was Jewish. Uh, Lenin, you know, was Jewish. Uh, Trotsky, uh, they they were the three kingpins of the Communist Party that took over Russia. It was a uh, dictatorship. Mm. They were all Jewish yeah. that uh, that took over the uh, the, the, the whole country. Yeah, well, what's what, what's the best way to take over a country? Disarm its population first. Oh yeah, they can't they, uh, they can't they can't they can't disarm. Mm, they can't disarm. America. They can't disarm America because it's got in your constitution that you have a right to bear arms over you know, Australia. The, uh, you know they're having a battle right now in the Ukraine, right? Mm-hmm. There's a war going on, and uh, they call it a civil war in the Ukraine. Well, mm-hmm. you know, the, the president of the Ukraine pre-guesses what nationality is. 
of Borkovich. Mm. I think his name is Borkovich. Borkovich. Okay. You know, he's he's Jewish. Okay. He's the president. <laughs> so you know, uh, Mike comes on. And he's saying, well, how do you know about this and how do you know that? This is all conspiracy stuff. I don't believe nothing. Well, it's all on the computer. The same thing as the common law has been on the computer for the last hundred years or the last, uh, not on the computers, but on the, on the uh, and even people that knew about common law until Ralph, uh, uh, what do you call it, Carl come out, he explained mm-hmm. it very, very fantastically. He, ex- mm. he explained it like he was an angel from heaven. And that's why everybody who's listening to Carl uh, realizes in their heart, not in their brain, in their heart, that this guy is an angel. Yeah. <laughs> he no, no, he, 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 yeah, he really is. Because, I mean, I've, you know, I couldn't get into that free man stuff. I went, nah, this is not right. You know, um, and heard a bit about Dean Clifford. And I went, nah, you just got a feeling, nah, it's not right. You know, and different different people that had things. I went, nah, yeah, something something's just not right. And um, yeah, yeah so, and then then, so, then uh, it, it felt in your heart that you knew that there was something. It wasn't your brain; it was your heart, right? Yeah, yeah, um, um, and then, um, you know, something happened, I don't know, it just come up on my computer one day, you know, and I was like, well, okay, check it out, you know, just check it out, and uh, he started talking, and I started listening, and I went, wow, wow, there's there's something here, there's, there's wow, you're, really you're something such a here. genius, Jeanine. No, no, um, you're such a genius, you know, honest. You're, you uh, you picked it up like a blotter. No, I was, it's it's like a sponge, and it's like anything, you know. Like Gus yeah. did the same thing. I've got to go meet this guy, you know. So yeah. Gus drove all those hours to go meet him, picked him up. Mike. Yeah, the same thing with Mike. He, he's picked this up. As, as a matter of fact, Mike has picked this up better than... Anybody other than Mike, uh, Mike is a genius. Mike is an absolute genius. Oh yeah, you know he's picked it up like crazy. You know. Yeah. Uh, you so know, when uh, you know, and I can understand Mike. He wants to do the law. Any people that have got a problem, that's all he wants to do. So he doesn't want to know about conspiracy theories. He don't. He don't want to know about debating or something. Give him something tangible. Give him a letter. Give him something. My God, he will. Oh, he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's got. He's like a, a guitar player that just you know, pick up a guitar and he'll play it right away. Yeah, he's got, he's got natural, natural talent. He'd be a fantastic yes. uh, lawyer, you know. Can I say oh, something, Sam? Yes. Like um, Janine, like I, I love Mike to death too, you know, and and Carl and and all the men and women on the talk show. But everybody's got different, you know, talents and things like that. And, um, you know, I I know Mike is just so law-driven, common law-driven, but, you know, there are other things. And myself, I don't like everything, like our conversations being torn and picked where you can't even have a conversation. 
I, right. you know, this is this is what I don't like. And like when I was first starting my my Sunday talk shows, God's Law or Man's, you know, my goal was to put God as the authority, and then Mike would pick pick them apart on me, you know, and and I couldn't have a conversation, you know, about my subject. You see, my my subject. So it's like with these shows, I I I like people to to be themselves and talk about what they wish, and it doesn't all have to be torn and debated and picked apart to one man's discretion. Oh yeah, no. uh-huh. and, and Sonia, this is your this is your show today. It's your show. You yeah. run it the way you want. You know. Oh, oh um, yeah, it's your show, Sonia. We're all enjoying it, and, and we, I enjoy everybody's company. You know. Yeah, and and I do too, and I like people to be able to talk freely and without it being ripped and torn apart to pieces where you can't have conversations. So you oh, know, yeah. there's I, other other things we can learn, and there are other techniques like common law. Um, you know, we're we're all still learning, and no one knows it perfectly. And uh, you know, we're going to learn as we go. Oh and, yeah, yeah. It's common law. You know, Sonia, uh, I, it's going to take me about a year, okay? And uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for about a year or so to come because I, I said to myself, I want to be as good as Carl. I want to be able to say, okay, Carl, let's have a chess game. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah. laughs> but, I mean, there there are some things, you know, there I know I'm 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 talking and dealing with uh, and 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 you know, following other people that are doing things that are so deep, so intense, that there are many, many things that even Carl doesn't know how to do, you know. And like, uh, for example, this one woman that's got her daughter in prison, and there's another woman that her daughter's in prison too, and you wouldn't believe this this story. Um, I, I'm sure I can share it a little bit, just to give you an example of some things that, that are, are really, out, really out there. Um, that, you know, even Carl, um, I don't believe, has dealt with at this time. This this young woman, um, a husband, killed a baby. And the, the husband was in the Navy. So the Navy came to the wife and said, look, we need this man. We want him. He is valuable. You're going to have to take the rap for killing this baby. Now, all you'll get is an ankle bracelet and you'll be able to go home. Well, this woman is still stuck in prison, taking the rap, taking the rap for her husband's actions, and he belonged to the Navy, and um, so she's taking the rap for it. Now this mother's trying to get her out, and this is like this is really deep stuff, you know. This this wow. is pretty, so I mean, there's many many other other men and women working on different issues that uh, you know common law isn't going to fix. Uh, yet this time they're they're trying to use common law, but th- these are things that are deeper that that other people are trying to do, and uh, are getting shunned out of the common law groups because the common law group doesn't know how to deal with it, so they're shunning them, and so these yeah. these people are out outside the box now doing this with other men and women that are very 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 wonderful, very compassionate, mm. and very smart. And a well, lot of a lot of men, what, a lot of men and women oh. are leaving. A lot of men and women are leaving these groups because they're they're just sticking to one thing, and they're they're not going outside the box a little bit. So yeah, but I I I yeah. did, but it is 
people are going outside the box a little bit with this because um, I was listening to, um, you know, Carl yesterday. He, he mentioned um, episode 63. So I went and listened to ex- episode 63 and it was like, well, you can't have, uh, you know, it was my under that was this is my understanding of what he said, and it may not be correct that you you cannot have like two different courts running at the same time. Now, please don't quote me on it because you can you can pretty much guarantee I'm going to be wrong because I am only learning. But that's what it sounded like to me, not that it was. Okay, but there's people coming forwards now going, no, we use Bill Thornton stuff. Um, as a as a page cover to get it into the court because once it's in the court, your actual paperwork is in common law. So your actual paperwork is what they've got to look at. So there's people that have been able to get it through that way that haven't been able to get it through doing a cover sheet in that common law. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. You said that you listened to episode 63, uh, guess what? I listened to it yesterday myself, <laughs> and, that, and that was one of his best. Uh, you know, you know, Sanya, if you get a chance to uh, listen to it, uh, it's five hours. But all right, that uh, it's one of his best uh, episodes, actually. Super. Okay. You know, he talks about uh, beating uh, tickets uh, strictly by getting the constable to read the law. Uh, that uh, the state it right on the ticket, and it says uh, because uh, all all tickets are voluntary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's written right on the ticket. So uh, according, according to Carl, he says, "I'll get the cop to uh, to read the uh, uh, the ticket out loud in court." And when he comes to the part where it says, "I shall," or "I will," or "I wish." And so that's when he jumps up and says, uh, Your Honor, I shall pay for this someday in the future. So now I want you to discharge this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my my best bit in there is like, mm, I printed it out at 9 o'clock this morning. Mm, you can still smell the fresh ink here. I've got a copy for each and every one of you. And I'm thinking that I, I will... I, I always used to think of that. I'd be walking around going, hmm, I can still smell the fresh ink. And it's actually on 63. Oh. So I, like, I like that bit. Yeah, I remember uh, listening to that. Yeah, 63 is a good one. Uh, he's got a number of good ones, but uh, I, and I listened to uh, a few of them. But 63, uh, he mentioned it, right? And I, thought, well, no, I think Gus, Gus mentioned it. Gus said that uh, 63, he was going over it again. I thought, well, if it's good enough for Gus, then it must be good enough for me, you know. Yeah, and Gus knows a lot too. Gus, Gus is uh, very much open to, um, you know, what's going on. He's, uh, you, he's you know, like uh, all this uh, common law, like personally, you know, uh, you know, the funny thing is it's it seems like it's uh, mainly for, like, the piddly stuff, you know, like tickets and, uh, you know, fines and, you know, like the, the heavy stuff. Like, some of the stuff is heavy, like CPA stuff. That's pretty heavy. Uh, getting a, a drunk charge, that's pretty heavy, too, I guess. You know, drunk driving, you know? Yeah. But uh, a lot of it is, is just tickets, you know. It's, uh, you know, geez, you want to just learn. Some real you wanna you wanna 
you know, do you want to chase a fly with a hammer? Like, the common law is a hammer. You want to go after big stuff with it, you know? Like, you want to knock down a, a buffalo with a hammer, not a fly. Good point, good point, yeah. You know, so, yeah, yeah like, I know myself, I uh, I have an uh, issue with uh, uh, the tax people, and uh, so uh, I'm going to uh, take care of it probably next year. And I'm going to give myself a year before I know exactly what I'm doing, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't have any pressure. Uh, you know, no one's bothering anybody. I'm not bothering them. They're not bothering me. So, and then I'll gather I'll gather my ammunition and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll learn all, all the avenues of common law. Now, in order to learn common law, you should actually, my, my you know, uh, uh, Carl talks about you got to learn common law. Yeah, but he knows all the other law. Yeah. He knows civil law ten times better than, than any lawyer. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, oh, you got all you need to know is common law. Well, then, uh, you know, Carl, uh, then uh, no, no, he doesn't. No, he does not say that. He does not say that at all. He, oh no, he, he did. He, yeah. In one of his no. uh, in one of his uh, shows, he said that he 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 said that one of the top lawyer firms in uh, I forgot what city wanted to hire him. And he would have been uh, one of the top lawyers in the company. And they were going to make him like hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, a year. I and he turned the job down. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and he said that, I don't know, he said, I could work in uh, in uh, civil law just as well as, as uh, common law. I could do one or the other. I just don't want to do the other because it's crooked. Yep, and they've actually asked him to be a judge a couple of times because he knows how to... What does he say? He knows how to, you know, put the hook in, you know, and flip the court. Yeah. He's a by himself, okay? That's the problem. He's just one. He, he found the solution, and he's a by himself. And he's got a whole group of people, probably, I don't know, it looks like maybe about 150, about 150 people that are... Uh, and it's grown. I mean, it's grown from nobody to 150 people, and maybe by next year it might be a thousand people. Hopefully, you know. But the first, the first hundred people—that's us. Well, we're the first hundred people, Sonia. You know, Janine. Yeah. So you know, by next year, we should be as good as Carl. At least plan on being. Oh, good luck with that. <laughs> No, no, I, I, I would. I won't. I will not even go there because what you've always, what you've also got to understand is, <clears throat> common law is common sense. Now, because of what Carl has experienced in his life, and everything that he has witnessed and seen through, and he's been around, he hasn't stayed in a little one-horse town. This man has travelled. He's done, a, and he's met a lot, a lot of different people. He has the experience of life just like my father had the experience of life. Now, when when he said to everyone, look, get your ass in the car, go down to the church, get the baby baptized, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, he could see why that was a good idea. He could see what would happen if she didn't do that. 
a lot of people could not understand why she had to do that, why Guyana Lady had to do that. And then he explained it in another week or so why it was imperative and very important that she did that to protect her from the child family services that were coming after her. You know, and then Mike wrote wrote some wonderful letters and, and helped her out that way. Yeah. So it was. Um, yeah, I remember that one. Yes. Yeah, but as but as Carl said, you know, and and, and it's the same with um, Jonathan and Jesse. You know, yeah, Jesse and Jonathan, they got the kids back, and he said, yeah, but that's only the beginning. Now, now we've got to fix it to make sure that they don't come back again because if we let this go as it's going now, they're going to find a way to come back because they they would want to make an example of these people. So, uh, you know, and you say you say that you know going after the you know going after your tax, well as as Mo said from England, it's not only knowing what to do, but it's very important to know what to do after so to stop to stop these people from ever coming back at you or finding an open loophole where they can attack you again because they will try because they will try and that's what Carl is trying to teach everybody and because of his common sense um you know it must be a thing with liberals they've got a lot of common sense what can i say um my father was the same. A lot, a lot of common sense. You know, if it, if it, if one and one didn't make two, well, then it just didn't add up. Uh, you know, there was, yeah, there was something missing. You know, um, um, and he could just say things that were that just made common sense. And uh, and what I hear a lot of is, and it's true. You know, common sense is not so common anymore because people are not learning it. They're going to school for years and years and years and learning how to become, you know, professors and they can sit for hours, like Carl said, talking about a Picasso. But you get them out bush and say, hey, mate, you know, can you light a fire? They go, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, know, you, ta- you, you take them out bush, they'd be lost. They wouldn't know north, south, east and west. They they would have no, no bearing and they'd... You know, in the bush, they'd, they'd die within a, a couple of hours, especially out here. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, now, Carl, you see, uh, the one person, you know, I think that the two top people that have learned the most from Carl has been Mike, and he's kind of picked it up like a sponge, as you said, and uh, yeah. Gus. And I think yeah. Terry has too. So those are your top three. Yeah, and, and Mo, but Mo was actually, um, you know, he was doing Bill Fulton stuff before that. Yeah, Mo, um, Mo and then he got on yeah, to, he's, uh, he's really yeah. good, yeah. Uh, yeah and but, then, he, but he's got a lot of background. He just switched. He was smart enough to, to, you know, he was smart enough to go, oh, my God, I've been spending 20 years learning uh, Bill Thornton stuff, and then now he just switched it like 24 hours, you know? No, it wasn't that long, was it? He he knew he heard about he'd been trying everything for lots and lots of years and then he heard about Bill, so he he pretty much downloaded all the Bill stuff, listened to Bill stuff, started doing Bill stuff, and he said that's that's when he started having you know wins in the court, um, and then just when they were getting wins in the court, somebody came up to him and said, hey, you know you might want to listen out this to listen to Carl Lentz. And Mo said pretty much, well, we're winning. Why would we need to listen to anybody else? 
yeah. No, and that's when his that's when his mate said, No, no, you really should listen and he did listen and he went, Wow, this is like Bill Thornton stuff, but it's a <laughs> whole lot simpler. It's a whole yeah, lot simpler. He was working with a, uh, he was working with a pea shooter, now he's got a machine gun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh <laughs> But you, you know, the, even Gus keeps saying that, he, and he says that just about on every one of his shows lately. You know, he says that, uh, you know, uh, I really don't know very much. You know, I, uh, you know, I, I'm still learning. I, you know, I don't like to give advice, uh, too much advice or whatever. You know, and uh, and and I understand exactly where he's coming from, because if I was him. I, you know, there's no way I could give the advice that some of these guys are giving over the air. Because, you know, the, the people taking the advice, and Gus knows it, the people taking the advice, they could get hurt. You know, they, you know, they, uh, it, it, like Gus keeps saying that, hey, I've been learning this for a year and I'm still learning. And he keeps mm-hmm. saying that Michael was kind of caught on really quick, so he's kind of, uh, he wishes that he could write letters as good as Michael, you know? i tell you what, I wish I could write letters as good as Mike. Because but, you know, you know, I'm I, just wondering, uh, you know, even though Michael knows how to write good, uh, letters uh, really good, uh, maybe as good as, I'm not sure, not as good as Carl, but the funny thing is, I don't think you have to be that good. I, I think that as long as it looks like it's like that, you know, it looks pretty good. I don't think you've got to mm. have every period and every colon and every, yep. every yep, bracket. You do. Yep, 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 well, yep, you know, you even yeah. Carl, even Carl says that there is no template. Every every circumstance mm-hmm. is different. Every mm-hmm. ju- every judge is different. Every police officer is different. Every circumstance is different. So, no, there is no template. There is no law for common law. You know, there is no book. You yep. know, so there's no there's no template. So, it depends on yeah on on circumstances. Exactly. But but you're, you're the point yeah, the point okay. is, like Carl says, uh, keep it simple. That that way they've got less to, you know, come back on you with. You know, keep it simple to the point. And, uh, there was one guy that came on, uh, was it last week? I forgot what show he was on. And uh, he mentioned that he beat his case. At least uh, he didn't get the full 100% that he wanted to get as the solution goes. But he got pretty close to about 90%. And he was happy with that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he said that uh, he did use everything that Carl said uh, because it was his first time. He, he, he didn't know any better, and he was under the gun, right? So he said, if I had to do it over again, I would do it just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But he was, but he was still successful. That's the uh, the main ingredient was, and that was that he threw a lot of stuff on the shelf, and he scared the living Jesus out of the out of the the prosecuting attorney, and he, he and he he made the judge look like he was sitting on the toilet, you know, and I think that's why they let him go, you know. And 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 he admitted that he did do the all the all the procedures that Carl uh, usually does, and I thought good. That's what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear people talk about their success and whether they did it exactly the way you know you're supposed to, or whether you changed it. And you still got successful, you know. Yeah. Well, Mike's Mike's had success. You know, he he has, and he has the ability to look at a legal letter and see it for what it is. 
and he knows the exact little one sentence phrase that how did he explain it um, um, they have to answer it but they know if they do answer it they are um, entrapping themselves and that's how Mike writes a letter <laughs> uh, that's 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 pretty that is that is very very smart to be able to look at a letter and, and know exactly what one sentence little one sentence to do to pretty much entrap them in their own game that yep. that is that's talent that is awesomeness and I have a lot a lot of respect for Mike loving yeah he can he can really uh, tear them yep. apart and, he can tear yeah. those letters right right one piece of that, one word at a time, you can tear them right That's apart. his forte, and I, I tell you what, if people didn't have Mike, they uh, they would be lost, because Carl, Carl's very busy as it is, and Mike, Mike, you know, he only, he's only getting like two hours sleep, if that. He's, you know, he's yeah, so He's, he's his, devoted yeah. uh, a lot of time, and I congratulate yeah. him. I don't know how he does it, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's why, and that's why, you know, like, he'll come on here to listen to more, but he doesn't want to, you know, conspiracy theories and that. He just, you know, in his brain, it's like, no, this is a law show. I don't have time for that at the moment. This is what I'm good at. This is what I want to dedicate myself to. There may be someone on this show that needs a letter written, that needs this, that I can yeah. help them with. Well, it, you know, like the, the only success that I know that Mike had uh, was the uh, the uh, the Guyanese lady with the CPA? Uh, now, th- did he have any other successes that I haven't heard? I'm sure he would have. He's just too busy to talk to them, and he's not the sort of guy that you know. He's not going to tell you about a, a case. He's just going to get on with the job. Yeah, yeah. Mike. That's, the way exactly. I, that's the way I see Mike. Look, yep, Mike okay, that's done. That's letters. finished. Let's move on. Yeah, I don't believe that uh, calling Mike out on it is uh, appropriate. Mike's calling with uh, specific cases, uh, specific 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 information. No. What's that, Brian? I don't believe calling Mike out on uh, his uh, specific wins uh, is appropriate right now. No, no, no. It's it's not. It's not about that, is it? It's it's staying at a court. It's um, it. helping people to succeed, and Mike's constantly doing letters. That's his specialty. He's constantly helping people. Well, no, what I, what, no, what I'm, I'm not trying to. Uh, no, I, I, I love Mike. He's, a, he's a fantastic guy. He's, he's actually a neighbor of mine. You know. Yeah. So, uh, where, where are you? Well, I, I just live a few blocks away from Mike in Hamilton. Yeah. Who, who, who's speaking then? Yeah, my name is Sam. Sam. In Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, who, who's this, Mark? No, it's Brian. Oh, Brian. Okay, sorry, Brian. And I'm only yeah, a few you, blocks you away live, from yeah, Mike. You, you, live in, uh, you live in Hamilton, uh, too, right? Yeah, yeah, and I'm only a few blocks away from Mike, too. Yeah, well, I haven't <laughs> met him yet. I, I haven't met uh, Mike yet. I haven't met you yet. Uh, I mentioned to uh, Mike uh, on, on a couple occasions we should get together and have a coffee. Well, you know, maybe the three of us should have a sit down and have a coffee just so that we're we're all in Hamilton. Maybe there's somebody how, else in Hamilton. I don't know. How how yeah, far are you go. away from how far are you away from where Sonia is going in a couple of weeks? Where are you oh, going, yeah. Sonia? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, you're going to uh, Oshawa, right? Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's an hour and a half, an hour and a half away from each other. I, I oh, understand. God, I, Brian, you've got a car. car. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm just saying, oh, my God, Brian, have you got a car? You know, would you like to pick up Mike, take you all to, um, you know, this little place, all have a coffee, get together, have a chat? Well, I, I got I got some uh, my cars and some serious repair right now. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no, I'd pick up Mike and I'd take him down. That's at Mike guess ten. Remember, Brian, we were talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't talked to him for a little while, but we we definitely had had planned it for sure. You know, it's nothing has changed as far as I know. But anyway, we're looking forward to that. That'll be. Like I say, I don't know if I, how much time I can get off of work, um, but I'm going to work on it anyway, so I hope to be down there for the 25th. Or, That's um, like two mics, the two mics, Sonia, Brian, you know, it's all getting together. Wow, I'd like to see that. <laughs> I hope we can. Oh, yeah. thanks for having my name in there, Janine. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, it'd, so, you know, it'd be nice for a whole group of friends to actually meet, sit down for coffee. Yeah, no, I, I would love to go, but I myself, I didn't. I uh, my car is down, and also I just started my uh, my new job, and uh, I'm going to be tied up. You know, that's the thing. Well, uh, don't is work. Don't 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 worry about that. I'm I'm sure that uh, we can find some time because you're close enough that we could, you know, oh, have yeah, a coffee. Oh, yeah, yeah, like we, we could go out any day and have a coffee yeah. together, yeah. Shoot the breeze and, uh, and plan how to take down the government, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, the so, government, uh, like, the government, laws, the gov- it's not taking down the government, you know, because the government is doing a job. They've just, you know... Um, well, we want to take away all the gangsters out of there, you know? It's just well, it's just ra- raining them in and saying, "Look, you work for the people. You've forgotten that. Let us let us remind you." Yeah, yeah. The one thing I mean, you know, <laughs> in all honesty, I mean, I'd love to slag the government, but the fact of the matter is, is that yeah, we 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 as the people put the government in the power to be able to do what they're doing. The fact, the other fact of the matter is, is they're not doing what I want them to do today. Now, let's say my ancestors decided that they put them in power for another particular reason. That's not the reason that I want them in power today to do. So. Yeah. Well, you know the. Uh, you know they they have all these recessions. You know there's going to be a big recession hitting you know, probably within the next couple of years. Uh, they've been saying about. They've been saying that for the last four or five years, but it's just a matter of time, uh, you know, when they when they have when the stock market crashes, you know. And what for was, their convenience, uh, you mean? When for their convenience, so all the all the little blips on the computer screen just get wiped out. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's not even real money. <laughs> well, just, just do your own statistics on uh, recession. It happens every ten to fifteen years. It's not that government wants it or whatever. It's just that uh, maybe the banks and whoever's in power wants it, and it happens. Yeah. Well, you mean the stock market, right? Who, whoever holds the money 
whoever holds the gold is the one that writes the rules. You know that. Yeah, that's right. Guess who owns the gold? No, I'm not getting into all that Jewish bullshit. <laughs> blah blah blah. No, <laughs> no, I ain't getting into that. Do you understand? We're we're so, on the same. Um, you know, okay, okay. I know, I know. It's, they, it's hard. It's they, hard to, okay. uh, so it's hard to talk they about hold that. all the gold. They've hold. They hold all the gold. They even flew a spaceship to Mars and they extracted all the gold from Mars and they brought it back to planet Earth. It doesn't matter, you know. Gold is not going to control yeah. people, you know, but food, food and water, that's, that's going to be the control. That's what's going to control people. Yeah, a, lot, a lot of things that Carl's saying, uh, is, as far as I'm concerned, uh, he says a lot of stuff doesn't matter, you know. And yeah. I'm, noticing, I'm noticing a lot of people are actually, it's kind of like... Uh, Kind of like I'm going to church and somebody goes hallelujah and everybody in the audience goes hallelujah. Now, we don't know what the word hallelujah means, but they all go hallelujah. And so, so Carl says, well, you know, uh, you know, this uh, everything is fine. Everything is okay. Everything is fine. You know, who cares about this? Who cares about that? As long as you know about the common law. He's 110% wrong. Okay, he's one hundred and ten percent wrong. He's not not not, not <laughs> he's not one not just ninety nine percent wrong. He's one hundred ten percent wrong. It's uh, because there's a lot more to this the stuff that uh, that Carl maybe doesn't want to say or he doesn't know. I don't know which one it is. Because he does like to hide stuff, and he doesn't want to get into too much controversy. But I don't know what he's really thinking of. But I do notice that he says, oh, he says, oh, that is not important. And who cares about this? And who cares whether, you know, if a person wants to shoot their kids or what, you know, who cares if they want to smoke all their lives and all that, you know, like uh, that, that is, that is not right. Well, I, I agree with this one because we do need to be more aware of what's going on because there's, there's more to, to what's going on here than just common law. You know, there's oh, more yeah. going on in this world. You're walking, oh, you're walking down. Definitely, walking. definitely. You look, you're looking to, you know, um, the, you know, why they took um, took all the guns away from Australia, and it happened over in Tasmania. Oh, uh, and, yeah, that was, that was the biggest crime in the world when they did that. Yeah, and then you go into the evidence, and then, um, you know, um, there's a policeman, and he's actually written a book. He knew Martin Bryant personally. He said he has he has actually trained people to shoot guns. That was one of his things. In that's what he did. And he said yeah. nobody could pull off those shots except only the five best marksmen in the world could do that sort of thing. Okay, um, what firing off the hip, one what one handed, and just hitting them in the head like ten out of ten times. It's just practically an impossibility and there was just so much evidence of how the government you know um hired hired these um this refrigerated van that can take 22 bodies that was hired or that was bought sorry that was actually bought six months before the killings took place you know so in a little place of tasmania why would they want a, a, a truck that could hold 22 bodies 
why would they want to buy you know this sort of thing when you know at the most there'd probably be only two people that died at the same time at the very very most you know um there was also two embalming machines that were bought just months prior to the event there and the very very weekend that they had it there was there happened to be a um a big camera crew all these camera crews were gathered for a conference over there and there was also a doctor's conference going on at the same time <laughs> you know and uh, you know and then and the cop says well i knew martin bryant personally it wasn't him martin bryant had beautiful beautiful soft skin you know whereas the shooter he was all pox face and was wearing a wig um you know and not only that martin bryant was actually um uh, in with um some some very rich woman over there who um she was off the cat's lotto or something like that she very rich woman and he lived with her for a long time and then see and then after she died well martin bryant would have <laughs> he would have got all her money so you know, there's a there's a few reasons why he he could be used and he had to be taken out of the equation. Yeah, oh no. yeah, no, that, that that's a planned conspiracy. Yeah, and you know, um, and they used it to take the guns off Australia. Now Australia has got no way of protecting itself now, absolutely no way, because they've got all the guns. You yeah. know, we don't have, we don't have any guns to protect ourselves unless, but. If you want to go and you want to pay a license and then you want to um, invest all this money just to have a gun and have a rifle and everything like that, you've got to pay a, a, a lot of money just to be able to do that. Yeah, no, that is a big problem. You know, Hitler, before he became power, he got into power, he made sure that all the Germans in Germany uh, got rid of all their guns. Just, Hitler. Just what Marty Chung or whatever his name was, all dictators in in history, they follow a pattern. One, disarm the people. Two, put the put the country into, you know, extreme debt. Three, become a republic. That's what they're trying to push now in Australia, become a republic. And four, you know, a dictatorship. One, two, step, one, two, three, four, and they're following it by the book. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, uh, like number uh, number sixteen, uh, guest sixteen here says uh, uh, she, uh, he or she doubts Carl is a hundred to ten percent wrong. Well, you know, I mean, actually, uh, guest sixteen is one hundred percent right because uh, there's no such thing as a hundred and ten percent. No, but we, you know, yeah, but. Carl is not going to say what he knows. He's not going to say oh, it. Carl's holding, uh, Carl oh. holding uh, Mountain back, yeah. No. Oh, I don't know. I don't know the man. I've never met him. Um, he's, you know, he's got a lot of common sense. Um, and um, he's able to see things. What's going to happen if you don't do such an A, B and C? If you don't do A, B, and C, this is, you know, D, E is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, he uh, he mentions that, you know, who cares about this and who cares about that? And and I'm thinking, holy mackerel, Carl, you shouldn't be saying stuff like that, you know? You know, the common law is one thing. And uh, let's say it's uh, like you got a, you got a stool, you know, and uh, the stool has got three legs, okay? And uh, one of the legs is uh, is called the common law leg. And the other leg is called the money leg. And let's say the third leg is called the society leg, you know, the people, human being leg. Well, you know, uh, Carl's going, oh, don't worry about uh, the money. Don't worry about, you know, how people treat each other. Just worry about the common law. Everything is under common law. Well, I'm going, he's, you know, that's why I exaggerated and said 110. Well, he's not 110. He's 100% wrong, you know. Well, sorry, Sam, I have to disagree with you there because I've actually heard Carl say, you know, you want to talk, you want to, you want to talk this law, you want to talk that law, we can talk this law, we can talk that law over in, over in France, you know, um, my people are in Germany, they don't have a problem with legalese, that's what they do, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I've heard him actually mention that, um, that common law is not the be end and end all and he's hoping that, you know, other people get on, and he'd he'd love to talk about other laws, but uh, common law is what co- is common to the people, and that's that's why Carl is here to teach yeah, common law know, to the people. Yeah, so that's that's uh, why he doesn't go any. That's why he doesn't go into into um the other laws. But that you know, I'm sure he knows about them. Yeah, well, you know, like some of the stuff he was saying, like, you know, basically people are free to do anything, you know. I mean, people are free to do this, free to do that, as long as you don't commit any harm. Well, you know, some of the stuff that people do uh, could be doing somebody harm, maybe not immediately, but maybe later, you know, next day or a week or a month or later. So, uh, you know, I mean, society has to have some rules, you know. And, uh, but uh, but anyways, in general, as far as the law goes, uh, he's he's teaching the the black belt. Even the uh, like he mentioned uh, in the beginning there when he was talking, he said that some of the universities wanted him to uh, speech, uh, uh, you know, have uh, lectures with uh, student lawyers. I mean, he would be he would be a riot at the. Uh, at the uh, at the you know at the law schools you know people I think it would it. be great. I, I love it. it. Yeah, yeah. I I think it would be great because you know um, you don't know what you don't know. <sighs> See, um, and that's just it. You don't know what you don't know. So if you don't know about the common law, and you don't know you know um, how to use it. You don't know about it. And that's just that's just how it is. And I didn't know about it, but my goodness, when I when I listen to Carl, I think, wow, well, I just got to keep listening to this guy. I just have to keep listening because this is, you know, this is touching my heart. There's there's something that rings true here, so you know, I won't be letting this one go. Yeah, no, no, he's jeez, uh, he, oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> He would be uh, he would be a speaker at every law school in the world. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, I, I listened to that uh, number 63. I haven't heard Carl talk now for literally months, eh? Okay. Uh, you know, because he's been busy trying to, you know, mend a bunch of stuff, and now he's gotten over his uh, flu. Uh, so he's been tied up in more than one way. But, uh, you know, listening to that episode uh, 63 of his, boy, he's really on fire there. So that that was that episode was uh, uh, I think it was July thirteenth uh, of uh, of uh, uh, two thousand and thirteen. So he was like he was he was really blowing a lot of steam around that time, you know. I think I remember that one you were talking about because I think uh, when Mike and I were listening to it, I think we we when we got together again we wow like that one it, that was dynamite. I think I, I think I remember. <laughs> Because he was just on a roll, right? <laughs> yeah. I think I remember that, but I'm going to go back and listen to it again. Yeah, he's remember. saying, oh, boy, he says, I, I, I taught so much in this one uh, video. He says, I don't have to teach it again for another couple months or something. You know, he, you know like he was saying that you got so many diamonds out of this uh, show. Oh, yeah. And I thought, holy crappers. I thought, yeah, he's really, he's really throwing it on the table, you know. Yeah, when he gets on a roll, eh, it's he's just yeah, like you say, it's like diamonds, it's gold nuggets. Yeah, and yeah. he's such a fantastic speaker. Like he could be a radio announcer. He's got fantastic voice, a fantastic personality. He uh, he keeps the airtime uh, to the minimum, you know. Uh, hardly any airspace or what do they call that air blank airspace. Yeah. You know, he's talking and talking and and I go, holy mackerel, where did he learn all these skills? And he was a truck driver. This is inner talent, eh? <laughs> He's like Mike, you know, just born. Born with the natural talents, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I think but, our... uh, you know, I the, the thing that uh, Gus keeps saying, just about, he's been saying that, I noticed, you know, I kind of repeat myself, but... He's been saying the same thing over and over again over the last number of uh, his uh, videos. He's saying, look, he says, I, I'm just learning. You know, don't call me. I'm just learning, you know. Or, like, I can only call, I can only help so many people out, whatever, but I'm just learning. And I think he's 110% right. He is just learning. <laughs> so, you know, so I'm going, yeah, you know, like uh, whatever information he's got is better than nothing, that's for sure. Because uh, if you don't know anything about uh, about common law, then you're dead in the water. Yeah, and Guest Extinct just put up the first bunch of Carl's shows with Angela. Um, but they're good because I've, I've listened to them, I think, oh, three, four, five uh, times repeatedly but you know now that I know a little bit more I will go back and I will listen to them again because it will in it, it it seems like each time I go back and listen to them it imbues them deeper into my being and I have a a deeper meaning as to what they really mean each time I love it I just you know, one of the things I, I didn't understand in the beginning, and I thought, what, what an idiot Carl is, you know. I thought, you know, because he wanted to come in on Angela's show and just tear apart uh, every one of her guests. 
and I and I, I I didn't understand that. I uh, I listened to his show, and he talked to quite a few of Angela's guests, and he did. He 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 really tore them apart according to what they were teaching. And of course, when I when I was new at this, I thought, well, how does Carl know that his stuff is better than theirs? But now time uh, time has come by, and boy oh boy, the, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, those guys are all uh, are either going to jail or are in jail. And Carl is 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 teaching, you know. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of these people that are teaching this, uh, you know, Rob Bernard, you know, and uh, and Win- uh, Winston and. Uh, Know, the uh what's a Canadian fella there, you know? Um uh, anyways, you know, they're they're going in another jail. Uh, where oh Carl, Dane Dane Clifford. Yeah. Oh Dean Clifford, yeah, you know, he's going in another jail. He's ready to go back to the jail if he doesn't straighten out. Yeah, yeah. I I googled Dean Clifford and I and I watched him and I listened to him and it's like well, this guy is like really angry. He's like trying to really push his way and no other way and he's right and that's it. And I thought, you know what? If this guy just settled down and listened to Carl, this Dean Dean would get it. If he listened to Carl and just settled down enough to take it into his heart, well, oh, he'd, be, he'd, he'd be really good at it. He would be really good at it. He's just he's got a lot of anger in him, Dean. Oh yeah, Dean is a young guy. He's a good-looking guy. He's got so much energy. Uh, he knows. He, he he basically knows what Carl learned. You see, Carl learned the uh, the the civil law for years and years and years. Couldn't put it together until the end. And uh, then once Carl found out that uh, holy mackerel, common law is, is everything. A one-liner in court, you're in and out in five minutes. Uh, so now. Dean is still in the, in the same place where Carl was the first five or six years when Carl was learning, uh, the, you know, the uh, civil laws, you know. So, but if but if Dean now Dean is much younger than Carl, and if he would smarten up, man, he would be a thorn in the government. Like he, you know, the the government would literally scare, be scared crapless uh, of of, uh, of Dean, uh, uh, you know, of Dean. Dean's got the heart, doesn't he? Oh yeah, he uh, he, he knows a lot about law, and uh, now all he has to do is is know how to give the upper punch. Get the, get the proper knowledge. Yeah, he, all he's doing is jabbing and jabbing and jabbing. It's like a boxer; he's just jabbing. He doesn't know how to give the right punch and knock the person out. Yeah. Yeah. So the, what Carl, you mean, like he, he's not he's not standing back and having a look at the situation and go right. Where do I need to hit him? Right on that chin and knock him completely out. You know. So Dean just needs to take a step back, take a breather, have a good look, and then go for it. But anyway, who am I? Well, no, you're one hundred percent right. I can say these things. I'm down under, so you know, Dean won't be coming here any <laughs> any time shortly. Yeah, I think uh, did Angela interview Dean that one time? 
Yeah, I think I've never listened to that. I have never, ever listened to those shows. It'd be quite yeah. interesting to go back yeah, now and, and sort of listen. She, did that, she interviewed him. And yeah. uh, now the funny thing is, now that he's out of jail, uh, I'm just wondering whether we should make a little note on the, on the chat line, one of us, to uh, ask uh, Angela to give uh, Dean a call to come on. Because guess what? While he was in jail, a whole new society has, has grown up around him, and he doesn't know nothing about us. No, and you know what? Angela has got the wonderful opportunity to have... Oh, she did. Actually, she did have a show first. In the first hour, it was Dean, and then I think it was Carl. But it would be good to have those two on at the same yeah. time. And Angela could do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe if, if they could do that one more time, and uh, because Angela would have, uh, you know, and the people that, that would be able to participate or whatever, you know, but uh, maybe... Oh, hang on. No, no, hang on. I'm going back, sorry. Now that I remember, she was supposed to have Dean Clifford on, but he was driving, he was late, he hadn't got there, so I think Carl must have heard about it and he jumped on Angela's call or something. I think that, that happened one time, I think, and then Carl got on to just help Angela out. Yeah. Something uh, like yeah, that. There's, uh, there's Dean, something, Dean, something uh, happened like that. Yeah, well, Dean was on there once for sure, maybe more than once. Yeah, he's been, he has been on um, Angela's call because it's, she's always, she says who's going to be on her call for that. For that time, oh, okay, yes. yeah. Carl, apparently, Carl has spoken to Dean. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But see, um, yeah. Guest sixteen says yes. Carl has spoken to Dean. Carl will not help him, okay, unless Dean changes. And I'm, Dean is a very angry guy. It's his way, and um, Dean, it, it's he's too angry. He's going to get himself killed or in a lot of trouble you know so the guy's just got to back off a bit like I say take take a step back from from he's just running in there punching 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 you know that's all he's doing is as you say Sam he's just running in there and he's continually punching but he needs to take a step back and have a look at what he's punching and and what tools he he's got to fight with you know just take a breather yeah, yeah that's a good analogy yeah I like that yeah, definitely. Uh, that would be nice to, uh, you know, to have, uh, you know. Uh, but that's all up. That's all up to Dean. Show again. Yeah, that that's all up to Dean. He, uh, he you know, I I didn't. Um, he's out of jail. I saw about a minute or two of the clip when he's out of jail talking um, to someone on a YouTube clip, and he's got like his hair sort of shaven a bit. Is that right? Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you listen to all of it? Yeah, I listened. Yeah, it's a half hour. Okay. He, I, yeah. think he, I think he just got home from uh, being from jail in that video. Yeah. And uh, yeah. he was showing his sideburns, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's right. That's all I've seen. And he said, "Look, if you don't believe it's me, yeah." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but see, he he actually looks like he's a little bit more calmer now, just a little bit. But he's he's still got that edge there. He's he's still got anger there. So yeah, 
I don't know. I'd have to go back and have a look at it. But well, the the ironic thing about it is what I was just saying a few minutes ago is that uh, while he was in jail and fighting and trying to get out of his little bubble, uh, Carl was basically teaching another 150 people, you know, how to uh, how to go in and out of court like in five minutes and stay out of jail. <laughs> And stay out of jail. Uh, I could see Carl teaching everybody, uh, you know, the other part, you know, about, uh, I think he did mention it, about when you, when you want to make a claim, there's a certain way to make a claim, you know. So he said that down the road, he says, you're too, he says, you, you, he mentioned in one of his videos, he says, there's no use learning, you know, how to start making claims. He says, well, you don't even know anything about common law. Yeah, and Guest 16 said that Dean actually had to hire a lawyer so he could actually get out of out on bail. Wow. Yeah, yeah, he would have... that, And that would have been a last resort, I think, according to Dean, but he would have had to do it and that that would have humbled him down a little yeah. bit. Yeah, well, you know, you know, even Mike here in the Hamilton, uh, he, he can help people 10 times better than Dean. There you go, and I, and Mike, yeah, but Mike, Mike, you can you listen to people, and you can see the humility coming out of their their voice, and and even Mike, you know, as yeah, and he gets on and says, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going for a pity party, and I'm not going this, and I'm not going. No, he doesn't want to listen to the pity party, but his heart is in the right place. And and you know and he's 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 and Mike says well how can I help you let me do this let me do that whereas Dean's not even there yet. Yeah, you know, you know what I uh, uh, you, you know that Bill Thornton fella right? Uh, yeah, now I've he, heard of him uh, too. He mentioned to Carl, and Carl uh, repeated it that he would drop everything he learned if. Uh, if uh, you know, if if Carl's uh, teaching was uh, was better than his, then he admitted it. Uh, so I mean, there's a big difference between Bill Thornton and uh, and Cliff, uh, Dean Clifford. You know, Dean Clifford wants to keep fighting. Well, where Bill Thornton said, "Hey, yours is better than mine. I'll join you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And guess sixteen says that Mike is mean. Um, no, no, I, you know, I, I, no, no, I don't, sorry, guest 16, I, I do not agree with that. I, I agree with that Mike has a wonderful heart. You can call it tough love, but that's right. He's, he's, he's actually going to treat them, um, better than what a judge would because a judge is not going to have any leniency and that's why Mike wants to keep it tight. He wants to keep it tight so nobody gets in trouble because Mike takes it as his responsibility to um, do it to his utmost ability to keep it perfect so then nobody is going to get in trouble from a judge. And if he thinks you're going to get in trouble from a judge and he's going to test you just like Carl is going to test you, Mike is going to test you too, and if you're going to get upset about it, then you're not quite ready. Oh, yeah. I, I, I like uh, the way Mike says that, uh, you know, it's better to fight out of court first. 
Yeah. I thought that's ingenious. You know, just sent a couple of letters back and forth two or three times and resolve the situation, diffuse it, uh, everything out of court. Because if you go to court, guess who's going to win? It will be uh, Mike or whoever uses the common law. You know, uh, like like uh, like Mike was saying, look, just make a couple of letters. Send a letter. This is what you say in the letter. And if, yeah. you don't, if they don't like it, or they don't uh, respond to it, send them another letter. Make the letter a little... Yeah. Oh, and then send them a third. And by after the third letter, well, geez, you just gathered one hell of a lot of ammunition against this guy once you get into court. <laughs> and Mike is 110% right. I, I don't remember uh, Carl saying that. No, Mike, Mike, Mike is going to do it so well they're not going to have any room to wiggle out of it or get away. That's what Mer- that's what Mike is like. That's what he is extremely good at. And I tell you yeah. what, if I got a letter, oh, the first person that I would be contacting would be Mike, the very first person, because he's the best. Yeah, he knows how to write up a letter, yes, and uh, and, and a few other things. But uh, that's, that's an important element. And, then, of course, he knows how to write up... Uh, the proper letters to send out, and then he knows how to write up a uh, a motion or, or a notice or whatever, you know, a claim. And so he knows how to write that out pretty good. And uh, so then uh, he, uh, you know, now, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what kind of issues Mike has, but uh, he's, he's, he's getting pretty close to a black belt. I mean, uh, <laughs> oh no, no, Mike. Mike is way past his first black belt. He's probably on his seventh black belt. <laughs> well, you think so? Oh, bloody oath in letter writing. Bloody oath. Bloody oath. Oh, it's really? Awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, I haven't. Yeah, seen no. No, there'd only be in letter writing. <laughs> Gee, you know, as someone said, I think it was Mike. You know, like if um. Um, if like between Mike, Carl and Gus, you know, if, um, wow, wow, she's, yeah, they know how to write letters, do they? Well, I know Mike does, um, you know, and, and Gus has, Gus has helped a lot of people. Carl has helped a lot of people. So if 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 they're helping people and people are coming back on going, Wow, this stuff works. Um yeah. I can remember can you remember a couple of months ago I I was on the like I was on the show listening and it was there was a on a Sunday show, uh there was a English guy and he's saying, What proof have you got that this works? Blah 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 blah. Um you know, yeah, 'cause he was he was like, What proof have you got? And now, look, Mo's using it now. So Mo's saying, oh, my God, this is just dead simple. Once you realize what's going on, wow, this is how powerful it is. Yeah. Now, Mo's even I, said I, that. I like, uh, I like hearing Mo talk, yes. Still there? Yep, yep, I'm listening. Yeah, no, I, yeah, you're right. Uh, Mo uh, from England, yeah, he's uh, he knows this stuff really well, you know. And he's working, uh, helping. Uh, uh, I guess he's working on the opposite thing, you know. I think he's working with uh, 
uh, what is it, with uh, guys that are having problems with uh, support or something? Yeah. Support, support payments. Yeah, but only 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 men who are actually paying support payments. But the for for, for one reason or another, that it's you know their support payments are just you know extra money's getting taken out. Yeah, you know a friend of mine uh, was paying uh, support payments. You know, and uh, so the uh, the wife wanted. Uh, wanted him to pay the government. You know how they, they you have to pay the government and the government sends the money to the wife, right? You know Sorry? how that works, right? Sorry, could you repeat that? Yeah, like whenever, uh, like in, in, in many circumstances, uh, the, uh, let's say, uh, a husband's wages are guaranteed, you know, by the government. Okay. And they're guaranteed so that... Uh, the, the amount of money is given to the government, and then uh, the wife will get the money. So, in other words, they get guaranteed for seven or eight hundred dollars, whatever it is, and then mm. the government gets the money, and then they send the check to the uh, to the wife. So they say, "Yeah, we got we got your husband's money," and they send it to the wife, and that's for the child's payment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what they do uh, a lot. You know, either they uh, they force uh, the husband to pay the the bureau, the children's. Uh, I forgot the name of it here in Canada. But they pay the bureau the six, seven, eight, nine hundred, whatever it is that they're paying, and then they get the money, and then they they uh, deposit it in the wife's uh, uh, bank account for the children. Yep. You know. Now, yep. the, you know, the funny thing is, a lot of people don't know that the wife can call the bureau and tell them not to guarantee him anymore, that he's going to give the money directly to the wife. A lot of people don't know that. Now, if a husband and wife get along, like they're still friends, right? I mean, if they're enemies, you can't do anything. Uh, You have to go through the government to get paid, right? But if they're not enemies and they're friends, uh, then the husband could just each month give the give his uh, ex-wife, uh, you know, uh, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars, whatever it is that he has to pay for his children. You know, and, uh, he he can he can and he will if he's honourable and doing the right thing. Yeah, now, but it's up to the wife, you know, to complain if there's a complaint. That's what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. So in other words, it's kind of like. Uh, Common law, really, it's kind of like to the wife said, "Look, I'll give you, you know, the eight hundred dollars a month, as long as I'm making uh, my my regular."
Yeah, hi. Yeah. Yeah, hi, guys. Hello. Hey, yes? Yeah, okay. No, I just, uh, <laughs> I got cut off on my phone. Uh, my phone, uh, it said my duration has ended and I can dial back. <laughs> I don't know oh, what kind of... I don't know what kind of service I got, but uh, it said your duration for one call has ended, uh, but you can oh. dial back. Okay, I'll dial back. Sonia said um, the call has ended. Oh, okay. I don't blame her. It's twelve uh, fifteen. Oh yeah, she will want to get yeah, she will want to get some sleep and and um yeah. What, what time is it? it what time is well, it for you um, there? It's two fifteen PM. Oh, okay. You're you're just in the afternoon, eh? Are, are you on? Uh, uh, yeah, but you've got to be on uh, daylight saving, are you? Uh, uh, yeah. We're at well, uh, we're at our time is twelve o'clock. Yeah, twelve sixteen. Yeah. Okay. So Canada's uh, what fourteen fourteen. Oh, we're fourteen hours in front of Canada, and we're fifteen hours in front of Gus and. Um, Gus and Carl's calls. Yeah, so, yeah, we're still on, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We're, no, it, it, it will be yet. until it stops. But, it, but it's not being recorded or what? No, it says it's being recorded, but it will cut out shortly. Yeah. It'll come out on its own, you mean? Yeah, it it does, I think. I think it's... I don't know. I, I don't have a talk show, so... You know, I mean, I've seen talk shoes go for, well, t- there's two calls that Carl had. They went for 15 hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is the funniest thing in the world. Yeah, it's I think he was, on, he was on you, for you know, five minutes, but his you, call you know, went for 15 hours. You know, Judy, the people that are coming on here uh, are just absolute. Fantastic. You know, they're just really, uh, you know, yourself and the people that are coming on here, they really, really, they really want to learn this stuff. And, you know, it's like a, it's like we're the only ones that have seen the light, you know, <laughs> the, the legal light, of course, not the religious light, you know. Oh, I, only because people do not know. The light, you know, um, I never knew the light. A lot, a lot of people don't know about this stuff because it was taken out of our schools in 1975. Now, if you go even before a judge here that has been to law school after 1975, they will not know about the common law. Some may know, but, you know, it would be mainly all statute law to them. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, you know I was I've been searching uh, for uh, uh, for someone to learn from because I I usually learn everything on my own. Probably you do the same thing, I guess. Do you, Janine? You kind of learn on your own, you know? Yeah. You, know, you you learn about health on your own, right? Oh yeah, I st- I study, and then I also have friends that are naturopaths, and um, uh, you know, so I've studied a bit, and uh, you know, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you study on your own. So I, I've been doing the same thing, actually. You know, just kind of learning on my own for the last few years, and uh, 
And I've been kind of just keeping an eye out because I'm in no hurry to learn uh, the law, you know. Uh, over that's taken me now. I've been searching now for about two years and uh, searching to see who who's the guru that's teaching the best about law. And, uh, you know, and, I, and all those things that we talked about earlier, uh, you know, I, I basically downloaded some of their stuff, but I, I never, I never went through it. I never went through one video or, or their websites. I just had it on my favorites, you know, on my website, eh? Mm-hmm. Uh, my uh, computer. And, uh, and there was, a, I don't know, there must have been about a dozen. I found about a dozen people that were teaching, that were teaching the, the law. And I, I don't know what kind of law it is that they're teaching. Uh, Dean Clifford was on there, you know, because he, he was teaching stuff on the blackboard or something, you know, and some of his old videos. And I, I, I downloaded some of his. I had uh, Winston, uh, you know. Uh, oh, that Winston Krauss or whatever his name is. Yeah, I, I downloaded some, but I did, I did, I did review his stuff. I didn't review anybody's stuff. All I did is I downloaded, downloaded. So I must have had like downloaded about 200 different uh, 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 videos and, uh, and websites. And then I ran into uh, Carl uh, just uh, about six months ago. And I go, holy crappers. <laughs> this is the guy. <laughs> this is the guy that teaching it properly. Yeah. See, yeah, um, I think I think, I think Canadian residents may be having a hard time, and it seems like they are, from what I'm understanding and from what I'm hearing. I'm putting their their um their document into the court, like filing a claim, because of all the free man stuff that's happened, all the other stuff that's happened up there. You know, um, so um, from my understanding, somebody somebody said. If you you I don't know how much how, how truthful it is, but someone said if you make your main body um, the common law, but you use the the front form to get it through the through the door, as in the court accepting it, um, that that is the main thing. I only heard that yesterday, so I don't know if that's correct. But there are people having a hard time filing their claim form in 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 some areas of Canada. As I understand it, yeah, that could be. I, um, I think, uh, I think uh, it was one of Gus's uh, friends that he was helping out with the uh, with the income tax people. I think wasn't wasn't it? Uh, I think I thought his name was John or something. And oh, John was, Paul. Yeah, John Paul. Yes. John Paul was it? Yeah, he and, goes to twenty eighth to twenty eighth. Is it? Is it this month? Um, hang on, April, is it 28th of April or something? He's got his court at uh, Rhode Island. Yeah, I think uh, he's American, right? Um, I Jump don't know. I'm assuming, American. I, I am assuming he is, yes. Oh, okay, yeah. So uh, maybe it's not him. It must be somebody else I'm thinking of. But anyways... Um, yeah, they're 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 putting their papers in, and, uh, and the courts are trying to. Uh, but Caro always says that, you know, if he puts a paper in, it'll go in. Nobody can stop Carl's paper. 
You, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah, so whoever whoever no, put me Paul's, Paul's like six foot and he looks like a big biker and he, he he's got the gift of the gab with the knowledge. So when he goes to personally hand in a paper and he gets a court clerk <laughs> you know the court, yeah, the court clerk, and I, I, I would I would not want to be the court clerk that has to try and denial Carl a claim because you know, he would bamboozle me with his knowledge. The guy is yeah. just too good. He is just too good. He just knows too much. Um, so that he, uh, he reminds me of a good chess player, you know, Carl does, you know, like a champion chess player, a master, you know. Yeah, see, he knows, and they might have excuses or plays that they tell people or whatever, but. Carl has got the moves and the places and positions and he knows his place on the board and who he is and everything that yeah. he will he will checkmate any you know any any clerk of the court that he would come Oh across. yeah 110% or 100% but you know the the thing is is that if people are having problems getting their cases into the court well it only means that they're still got to learn something Yeah they don't. They don't know the knowledge, as as, as Mo said. It's not only yeah. knowing, you know. It's not only just knowing how to put a claim form in. It's knowing what to say afterwards to get that claim through. It's exactly. knowing what to do after court if if they. And it's what to know and say during court. You know. Um, exactly. But me, you know, me, I don't. You know. Therefore, I want everything. No. You know. So when I heard about this court of record and then Mo saying that the court of record is your paper and you can put it in without saying a word, I went, oh, my God, thank God, this is the best thing I've heard since Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <sighs> you know, because, you know, because uh, like, yeah. oh, my God, I don't have to talk. You know, it's a good, uh, good example. Like, I've been in sales all my life, okay? And uh, now the funny thing is, you know, Janine, uh, when I was 16 years old, I decided that I was going to become a lawyer. And because I knew that, uh, you know, I always knew that you got to have a trade. When you finish school, you better have a trade. If you don't have a trade, you are as dumb as nails, you know. So I knew that I had to have a, a trade. So I decided at 16, I was going to become a lawyer. So, unfortunately, uh, when I was 17, I got kicked out of school. So, I go, holy crappers, I can't become a lawyer anymore because I was dedicated on becoming a lawyer. And uh, so, I thought, well, you know what? The next... That's it. What is, what is that? Uh-oh. We have lost contact.
here he is back again. Yeah, hi, Janine. Hey. Yeah, hey, it actually, you know, it actually shows that you're on twice on the board. Who's that, me? The South Central Ontario. That's your family. Oh, yeah. You know what? I just got cut off by accident. You know, my phone uh, made some weird noises. So I, I thought, well, I better phone back in. <laughs> you know, so. can, can you see the board? Can you see the board, Sam? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it says uh, I'm there twice. Yeah, I don't know why. Weird. That's weird. Yeah, that is kind of uh, my phone. I don't know what's going on here. So it must be the Rothschilds. <laughs> I wish I could blame them for my hot water system. I've got a new hot water system. <laughs> well, no, you seriously. I've, you, I've got you, a new hot water system. You know, Janine, I have a friend of mine uh-huh. who uh, who uh, found a loophole uh, that they don't have to pay income tax. Okay. Yeah, none, none of the rich people pay income tax either because they know their loophole. Um, one, it has never been actually um, ratified by the United Nations. And there's another thing my friend told me. Um, income tax has never ever been ratified by the United Nations or never been... And then there's something in the Australian Constitution as well. And these rich people, they know their, they know their mm-hmm. laws, so they, they don't have to pay income tax. Oh, absolutely not. But anyways, uh, this uh, this uh, this friend of mine, uh, I met him by accident, and I've known him now for a few years. And uh, he uh, he's found a way uh, that you can uh, now it's all legal, one hundred percent legal, and uh, uh, and it's working with the government. It's all uh, what do you call it, legalese. And uh, and you don't have to pay the income tax. And uh, he's probably one of the only ones in North America that knows how to do it. And he has uh, he's got a small amount of uh, customers or clients. And uh, I talked to him once, and he told me a story about uh, uh, one of his uh, customers that used to pay. He was a plumber. And, you know, plumbers make pretty good money, right? Mm-hmm. And, and once you're making over, I think uh, in Canada, once you're making over fifty thousand uh, dollars a year, that mm-hmm. that you're you're uh, you're paying fifty percent income tax. Nearly the same as Australia. Yep. Same as Australia, and uh, so, anyways, he uh, uh, this plumber uh, he found out about my friend, and he decided to join him in and uh, having him. Uh, 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 to do his taxes for him, eh? And uh, anyways, I one day I was talking to him, and when I first met my friend, I says, "Well, do you have any samples of people that you really truly helped?" He says, "Oh yeah." He says, "I, he says, I got a plumber who used to pay fifty thousand dollars a year income tax every year for the last few years, and now he pays nothing." And he says, "In the past three years, he bought a cottage up north." Uh, for a hundred fifty thousand dollar family cottage, he says, and uh, and all the money that he saved on his income tax, he paid it off in three years. So mm-hmm. when you say that you when you say Judy that you're not making any money, it's because <laughs> you're paying the Rothschilds the money that you should be keeping for yourself. Oh, uh, you know what I love, Sam. 
<laughs> I love when the Red Cross ring me up and ask me to donate money. I just love it. Because I say, you know who owns the Red Cross, right? And they go, no. And I go, the Rothschilds own the Red Cross, darling. I said, and they are the richest family in the world. I said, they are worth over $100 trillion. I said, so please. I said, you can, you have, you have, you know, you, you, you can ring them up. And I said, and surely ask them to donate just a couple of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a Is good that, one. Yeah, I say, and I said, it's no use ringing me because I said, darling, I got no money. But I said, if you ring, I said, you're ringing the wrong person. You need to ring the owner of your own company, which is the Rothschilds. I said, and just ask them to donate a bit. Back. Oh yeah, did you know that the Rothschilds? Are not, or, did you know that the Rothschilds are not worth a hundred trillion? They're worth, it's, uh, according to the computers, they say that these they're worth five hundred trillion. Oh, okay. So they just must have got that after nine eleven. I don't know. No, I don't know. Yeah, they're, yeah. well, they're probably worth a lot more than five hundred trillion. If that's what they're saying. Then I'm sure they're worth a hell of a lot more. But anyways, this guy was on a video show, and and he said that if you divided all that money up that just the Rothschilds has, every man, woman, and child on this planet would have three hundred thousand dollars. Would have three hundred thousand dollars each. Yeah, every man, woman, and child would have three hundred thousand dollars each. So that's how rich the one person is. Yeah, but you know that. Okay, you can do that. But then I've heard statistics go, and even, even if you divide all that money up evenly. Guess what? Within a year, most of the Rothschilds would have that back again because there's people who would just use it to gamble with, people who would just spend it. <laughs> no, no, not really. No, I don't. I disagree with you there because you see that that friend. Oh no, guy, I never said it. I never said it. You yeah, know, no, um, you see that that friend of mine. Is, yeah, his customer. Uh, he saved on income tax, and he he bought a cottage. He bought some real estate. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So now, without without uh, him uh, paying, now you see one of the things about uh, uh, about Carl, for instance, he thinks that you should be paying the income tax because he talked about that once. He says, "Oh, you should be paying income tax." No, because he without that, you won't have the police department and you won't have the fire department. He's, he was making a big story about that. But no, he he's never paid it. But, but Carl doesn't realize that all the money in real in, in, in the income tax all goes to the Rothschilds, and he probably doesn't even know it. Uh, well, see, I I don't know if that's true or not. See, that's only that that very may well be true, but I don't know because I don't know anything like that. Um, um, it there is um. I listen to, you know, Australian Constitution for Dummies. That talks about, you know, how the Reserve Bank come about um, and how, you know, and how, you know, some Rothschild guy lent the King of England at the time so much money, but in return he wanted to, they wanted to have um, the, the deeds or something to the Bank of England 
and as soon as they got those deeds, then they started charging interest on that money, and that's how that came about. <laughs> I like the way uh, one of the guests wrote down here. It says, where, where is this guy coming up with all this conspiracy nonsense? Oh, right. I, I think that's um, so cute. I think that's, that's so cute. It, it's, you know, yeah. conspiracy nonsense is not conspiracy nonsense. It's facts of life. And the only thing is, they, they don't understand that uh, all that information is right on, on, the, on their own computer. They got right in front of them. It's all it's all open. Um, you know, my my friend. Um, you know, he he gave me. I'll bet you any money. Life. Between you and me, I'll bet you any money that whoever wrote that is American. It doesn't matter who who wrote it. Um, well, they have know, a big problem when, there in America. You know, they have a yeah. big big problem. You know, I mean, uh, Australia's yeah. got some problems. So has Canada. But the Americans, they really, really. I feel sorry for them. Not, not individually. A lot of individuals are geniuses, but the overall well, population—they're all—they're all asleep. Well, one of one of the guys, you know, he was asleep. Um, what happened to him is he used to take, you know, multi-million-dollar yachts, big yachts, and he, um, because he was so good at his paperwork, just like Mike. So, and he used to be very, you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Everything had to be perfect. Um, so what he did is he tried to, um, he wanted to import a 59 Corvette from the state. And at customs, they, they asked him a series of questions and they said, oh, have, has this car been modified? And some air conditioning had been put into it or something. Something had been modified on it. Anyway, customs. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.